A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Civil War is over. The Empire has fallen, and peace has returned to the galaxy. But not only a survivor of the Civil War, but a survivor of the Clone Wars, Ahsoka Tano, searches the galaxy because she feels an unyielding threat is yet to return. Grand Admiral Thrawn, his name is being whispered throughout remnants of the Empire. Lothal is at peace, but Sabine Wren is restless. Hera Syndulla is trying her best to not only find Thrawn and, and, and stop a war from beginning, but also to find her friend, Ezra Bridger, who disappeared with Thrawn all those years ago. And we pick up where we left off in Star Wars Ahsoka here on Fake Nerds Watch, episodes one through three. I am Ben Magnet. I am here with my bros, Brandon T. McClure. Hello, hi. I'm Star Wars. Right. Yep, Ryan Eliopoulos. Hello, hi, uh, uh, Master. Ooh, <laughs> and, that was sexy. And, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, General Sparks Witty. Hello, all you people living in the post-strike world and listening to this. How is it? How's the end of the show? Don't tell us. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> no spoilers, please. We're recording these live. <laughs> There's like a um, whole bunch of spoilers on the bottom of the comment the comment section. <laughs> if our comment section were that explosive, I'd be I'd welcome it. Um, Hell yeah! yeah. Very true. <laughs> All right, Very guys, true. we're talking about the first three episodes of Star Wars Ahsoka. Uh, so it's part one, Master and Apprentice, directed by Dave Filoni and written by Dave Filoni. Part two, Toil and Trouble, directed by Steph Green, who did episodes of Watchmen, uh, Book of Boba Fett, and Luke Cage. Uh, Written once again by Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni wrote the entire series, it looks like. Um, and then part three, Time to Fly. Once again, directed by Steph Green. And again, Dave Filoni. Written. written. What do we think of this so far? I, honestly, I, I want to hear Ben's initial thoughts. Because he is the newest uh, to, to the Rebels fandom. Because uh, uh, we've all watched Rebels. And now you recently watched Rebels just in time for Ahsoka. Exactly. So you are kind of, you you don't have the long jump. Like, I watched it only a couple years ago. These guys watched it, like, when it was on. But, like, like you, you just watched it. So, like, how are you feeling about yeah. the transition? You know, where we are with these characters? Like, what are you, what are you feeling in this in this new era? Um, so, just, like, to, just to get right off the bat, I am so happy I watched all of Rebels before I yeah. started watching Ahsoka. And I'm trying, and every other person I've been talking to about Ahsoka, I'm like, I ask them, do you, did you watch Rebels? And I'm like, you should really watch Rebels. And I tell them, it's a great show. It is a fantastic show. I literally finished it like two days before Ahsoka even premiered on Disney+. And I am so happy I did. Even though I just finished it and jumping into Ahsoka, it to me, it helps out so much. Like if you even if you didn't watch Rebels or if you just watched like a quick recap of Rebels, Ahsoka, you could still enjoy it. But I want to say there's like a, a heightened level of enjoyment with Rebels or with watching the entirety of Rebels and getting into Ahsoka. And I have, I actually I'm a really been enjoying uh, I almost called it Rebels. I really enjoyed Ahsoka. Like these first Rebels three episodes, season five. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Or Rebels 2. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. As much as I I like Ahsoka, especially her few scenes in Star Wars Rebels or her few appearances in the show Rebels, 
I'm not going to lie. I kind of enjoy the Rebel stuff more than I do the Ahsoka stuff. Yeah. Sure. Well, um, you don't, and for contextually, Ben, you do not have the full history with her in Clone Wars. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, I know of her history in Clone Wars. I just haven't seen it in Clone Wars. Sure. sure. I don't think the show is impenetrable. For people who have never seen Rebels, I think there is a there is a learning curve. Um, you certainly get more out of it if you have seen Rebels. Um, I think that there is an interesting tightrope being walked with this show where Filoni is definitely going in with people who are watching the show have seen Rebels. And I want to make sure that they feel seen. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hold I don't want to hold the, I don't want to give them anything that they've already seen before. Whereas he's also like holding the the newer audience's hand by being like come with me trust me this is still a story that is accessible to you i don't think he a hundred percent succeeds but i don't think it's as difficult as i initially thought it would be for example i thought it was going to be a lot harder for people who hadn't seen rebels yeah yeah no i agree with that i think it is i think it is um Obviously, with anything like this, you know, prior knowledge, it really helps. But um, I think it does a good job of onboarding you with who these characters are. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, like, there's like, there's like the Ezra message, which which is a new, which is a new thing. So it's like, hey, here's what happened in case you missed it, y'all. Love you. Bye. Uh, signed, Dave Filoni. Uh, so, like, I think it does a pretty good job of, you know, of, of getting you on board. Um, I'm really enjoying the show. Um, I'm not going to say, like, I'm loving it. Like, I, I'm, like, thrilled well, no, I am thrilled to watch it, but like it's um, it's like an eight point five for me right now. I'm really liking these episodes. Like, I really enjoy the pace of it. That it's a little slower. I really like the tone of it. The fact that it's Dave Filoni, the dude who created this character, who has shepherded this character for his entire career, um, makes me believe that like I'm okay with where she is at. I know a lot of people are struggling with how how uh, chill Ahsoka is and how like very zen she is. And like I get that she's 45 years old. She's not a teenager anymore. You know, she's been through multiple wars, multiple murders of her best friends and stuff like that. So like, if she's a little chilled out in her forties, I'm cool with that. Again, also Dave Filoni is the person who created her. So I have more faith in her and him than what fans want. Right. So like until they screw that up, I'm cool with it. Uh, I'm here for Sabine. I love what they're doing. Sabine, the stuff with like the force stuff, like I'm going to have to, I'm really going to have to see where that plays out. But right now, I'm really enjoying this journey, and it's not the fact that like they just gave her force powers immediately; like she might have to work for it, which is like a weird video game thing in a way. But I'm just really enjoying all the character stuff, um, and it feels it does feel really layered. If you are familiar with these characters, and there is a new mystery with the two main characters, like what happened between them, and that's I am really interested in that. Um, so for me, I think the show is a success, thankfully. But again, we are we are less than a halfway through; it could it could change on me. But I'm happy sure. to say I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh, uh, I'll I'll kind of respond to a lot of that, uh, but um, overall, I'm I'm pretty happy. I think that the the commitment to production on this it just feels comparing directly to not Andor but Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So recently with season three, I feel the love on the table and attention to detail that's going on here. Which like whether everything is working or not, uh, it it just feels like there's a lot of effort here Mm -hmm. and in kind of hindsight really makes me feel like Mandalorian season three just had like hands off the wheel a little bit because Mm -hmm. of how much care I feel I can feel coming off the screen here, which makes sense. Right. Because Dave Filoni, we know wasn't heavily involved in that season because he was over here. Yeah. Um, In, in uh, all, all, what Ryan's bringing up about, about Ahsoka's character. I am a person who, who's not, 
super hot on Dawson's portrayal of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I've really started to see what the issue for me is. And it's this um, Joanna Robinson from the ringer highlighted a stoicism problem in the modern era of live action Star Wars, which I think is there. Yeah. Um, if you are looking at Bo-Katan and Mando staying next to each other or uh, Ming-Na Wen's character in Boba Fett um, and then looking at Ahsoka, like they're all the archetype. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it's not directly a problem with Ahsoka. I hear what people are saying about like the character and what she's been through and that kind of stuff. And that's like, that's one thing, but it's the, the repetition of the archetype in so many of these things at this time yeah. that I'm getting a little sick of and it being done to a character who I'm familiar with in a different context is like, do we have to do this? I'll agree with that. This again. And, and I'm getting a yeah. little, but, but my main thing is that I find her more closed here than she was in her last Mando appearance. And that's kind of where I'm personally rubbing up against it is I really liked what Dawson was doing in that episode. Yeah. Um, I felt like that was closer to the Ahsoka I'm familiar with. And I don't think it's a problem for her to be pulled back with a lot of people, but it doesn't make sense to me when she is with Sabine and Hera. Well, so here's the thing. Uh, I I actually, I will disagree specifically on Sabine because she went through something traumatic with her and we don't know what it is. Sure. So, so uh, I wish I had a tweet, but there was a great tweet. I was like, if you watch the episode... Uh, like this person did a lot of times, like you'll notice that she's never smiling with Sabine, but she is smiling with other people. She is, she is, she is on purpose pulling back from Sabine because she does not want to get involved with Sabine again. And then it's slowly in episode three, there's that great moment where Sabine, what do you need? And she's opening up to her. So Mm -hmm. that is deliberately on purpose. And I understand rubbing up against it, but as Filoni's thing of like, these people have not talked to each other in years. They had an incredibly bad falling out. They're not going to be best friends immediately. And they just, we just don't have enough information. And I'm just, I'm just, I see, I'm just trusting it more where like she will open up because she is opening, she is open to other people. Sure. Sabine, but they had a, they were best friends who broke up. Like that's bad. Yeah. So like, I, I hear you, but like, I, I don't see that as a problem yet. Uh, I'll, I'll like with Sabine, it's yeah, the story is unfolding. So it's not as much, but it, again, it is this like, cause Filoni's been on these other shows. It's, it's this archetype getting repeated and repeated and repeated i'll give it that that dude's kind of like he likes his one his one type and uh, that's not necessarily true i'm sorry sparks to interrupt a little bit but that's not necessarily true because dave filoni understood that star wars was whimsical like you look at rebels Mm -hmm. and you look at clone wars which he shepherded he understood there was a whimsiness to star wars even with with this idea that kanan being this 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 jaded jedi he still knew how to have fun all star wars was all, all about fun you look at every single archetype in this in the star wars franchise every single one of them has a little twinkle in their eye every single one of them and you don't get that anymore with these new with these new shows and that's what i'm missing that's what i'm missing yeah, i i agree and i like as much as i'm liking like liking all these star wars shows they are all the live action shows are kind of like taking a step back from fun in a little way all of mm-hmm. them right and then and again like there's like the jack black episode which is fun but like that's like that's like a few and far between type situation and even mm-hmm. then like you have to put those kinds of flamboyant characters against characters like bo and mando because you're not going to let them do it and it's one of the reasons why like people rub up against mando it's not just because you can't see his face it's because like he's literally just kind of a wall yeah and then there are other characters who you can see the face of again i think ming na wen is a good example yeah where she's just a wall like yeah. i don't know how i i like the actor a lot and i don't know how i'm supposed to give a shit about that character because I, she's just the same all the time yeah yeah. Um, she's just she's just this thing and i don't want that to perpetuate onto ahsoka too much that's kind of my fear because i feel like 
the general thing is just I feel like the personality is a step a little bit backwards. Mm -hmm. I, there, I can be will, character, yeah. there can be character reasons for it in, in certain scenes, but in yeah. general, it feels like a step backwards from the last time we saw Dawson do it. Yeah. And that has me a little like, oh, okay. And here's the, my main thing about it. Um, Megan, my wife, has not watched Rebels, has not watched Clone Wars. Guess what? She doesn't really give a shit about Ahsoka right now. Yeah. But she does like Sabine. And I think that's a little bit of part of the problem too, because Sabine feels more like the engaging, interesting, connective character than Ahsoka, even though this is Ahsoka's show. Yeah. Um, and I do worry, I, I'm, I don't think it's a problem yet, but I am worried about where we're going. Well, that's why, again, like at the end of episode three, I think it is the opening up. I think they will, I think they will become closer. Up sure. I think we needed this first, this first arc of them being at odds. So I agree with a lot of what Sparks is saying, with the exception that I don't trust Rosaria Dawson's performance as Ahsoka to smooth anything over. I just think she's fundamentally miscast. Sure. Um, I did not like her in her first appearance, the Jedi, the Mandalorian episode, the Jedi. Um, and I specifically didn't like her when she was talking to the robot Mark Hamill in Book of Boba Fett. So like, I don't like her here either. There's just nothing about Rosaria Dawson's performance as this character that I could ever see working for me. It, sure. Even as the character becomes closer to the Ahsoka that we know, I just don't think there is any, I think Rosaria Dawson, as much as I, as much as I'm certain this isn't true, I'm certain that Rosaria Dawson cares about Ahsoka and she, as she takes this, this uh, role very seriously. This is the direction I, thing. I don't see it in her performance. I don't see this, uh, uh, Rosario Dawson, who's an actor that I find to be pretty good at best. Yeah. I've never really loved her in anything. Um, so like when I'm looking at this character, who's a character I love, I love Ahsoka. Um, and to an actor who I kind of like, I like her, she's fine. I'd have nothing, I have no ill will against Rosario Dawson. Turning in a performance where it doesn't feel like she cares, and Ryan's correct, it could be a directing thing, it's possible Dave Filoni is not a person who is uh, used to directing physical actors, so that's it's entirely possible that there that there is that that disconnect there. But I just don't know. Um, I'm willing to give her the shot because again, I love Ahsoka and I, I I love this show. I'm really happy with this show. I know I came out pretty hard swinging with that Ahsoka thing, but I really like this show. I'm really into it right now. It's yeah, just I, I... the Ahsoka the the performance of Ahsoka just. I cannot see landing for me with Rosario Dawson in the role. Yeah, from from like everyone talking about it, um, the, the buzz on the show is like pretty positive. People like the show, but the one thing uh, that is like the dividing factor is Ahsoka herself. And that is, whether you like it or not, that is a problem because she is your main character. And it is a problem when- And a beloved one. And a beloved one. Yeah. Um, and again, this, it is so interesting again, because this is Dave Filoni's full, at, his full choice. This is his, uh, this is ev like, I made this character and this is, and I'm, it's such an interesting choice to make her act this way. And I, I think with a different actor, it would still be this. Like, he wants this Ahsoka to be very, very, like, Luke Skywalker Jedi mode. And, like, again, I don't have a problem with it also because I don't, like, I don't have the love, like, for Ahsoka that you guys might. Like, I like her. But, like, I don't have a problem with it. I do wish there was a little bit more there. But, I again, I am trusting the rest of the show. Maybe she'll get a little more plucky near the end. But, like, I hear everything you guys are saying. I just don't have a problem with it. Uh but I know you guys like. I'm glad we agree that like the rest of the show is pretty sweet and the other characters are great because like. And I want to. Yeah, I want to like, like, say specifically. <laughs> I want to say specifically before before we get into anything else. I just want. I just want it on record at the top of this episode. 
I love Sabine. I love everything they're doing with Sabine. I love yeah. the actress who's playing her. I clearly see that's the same character I saw from Rebels. I, I, I'm so happy with how they are portraying Sabine. Sure. Yeah. Everything, <clears throat> everything about this show thus far, I'm watching it because of Rebels. As in, I, as in, I, I like, because like you guys, I enjoy Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka is really cool. I really, I probably would absolutely adore her if I watched all of Clone Wars, but what little Clone Wars I have seen and what I've seen of her at Rebels, I like Ahsoka. I really like how, who she is and what she means to the, to Star Wars. But I would be lying if I said I'm watching the show because of Ahsoka. I am watching the show because of the Rebels. I am watching this because of Sabine, because of Hera, because of everyone and them trying okay. to find Ezra. And and oh, the yes, Loth that was so cute. And it's mostly that, practical. I love it. That Lothcat is so freaking adorable. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love what they're doing with Sabine too. I love that actor, the actor playing Sabine. I kind of just feel like they just they immediately they found someone who looks exactly like her. They just plucked, they just ripped her out of the anime show and just plopped her in. Um, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera. I do too. I really and like Mary Elizabeth Winston as Hera. Yeah, like the the scene where they're like, she's like, shoot it. It's like, no, we can't shoot it down, Chop. It's gonna crash into the port city. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I just like, I, I they're back. They're back, and I miss them, and I love them. <laughs> and even though I, I just that, finished watching Rebels, it's like I miss these guys. I miss this crew. I think that's a good point, Ben, because I do think it it all the more for people who are familiar with like the anime material and, and these characters and everything, I think it all the more highlights the contrast with what's going on with Ahsoka. Because when Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and um, I'm going to look her up in a moment, but the actor who plays the team, thank you, uh, both hit, uh, it's like, oh, that's them. I see yeah. them. They're, they're, that's very clear. And then Ahsoka's like, if I squint, um, Na Natasha Lou Bordizo. Okay. Uh, so both of them, I think, are killing it. Um, yeah. and I think they got it very quickly. And so I think that does add to like where it's, where you feel that, oh, this is very clearly who I'm familiar with. And then you look over at Dawson as Ahsoka and you're like, ah, not yeah. getting older. And like, just to, to, on Brandon's point about what, um, he was saying, uh, and, and kind of you with your response about like a, a different actor, I do think it's like, you know, worth noting that like, it's Filoni didn't pick Dawson for Ahsoka. No. Uh, and who knows, there could be someone who could um, who could have done the role better or that kind of thing. I do <coughs> think Actually, the key part, <coughs> I do think the key part is something that we know was part of the relationship regarding the character for Filoni was Ashley Eckstein conversing about things she understood about the character that she would bring to the table and say, I don't think this fits. And that Filoni would listen to that. And that was a conversation about how to do the character. And I'm just not, I don't think that conversation is happening. It's the same just, way with Johnson. probably just Filoni. Right. Uh, and, and I think that that can be part of it too, is like, you know, um, is that familiarity of like where we, these are in interviews. Everyone knows that Eckstein would be very involved after a certain point with uh, how Ahsoka's character was crafted and certain decisions that were made. And she would say, I don't think that this fits or I don't, and Filoni would like, listen to that and there would be developments of who she was based on both of them uh having ownership of the character and i don't think that's happening here and i do think that can affect the way the character comes out yeah but i just wanted to get that out uh but you're right um sabine and hera are perfect 
I mean, killing like it. A, it, I, it. I mean, it's just, it's so perfect, like, watching them. I do, I do wish that Mary Elizabeth Winstead's headpiece didn't look like it was just rigid and stuck there. And uh, that, yeah. the, uh, the, te- the, the tentacle piece is not yeah. moving is like, uh, some of those are flapping. Yeah, yeah. And hers are just like, they're made of stone. And Hera's, and Hera's do in the animation, but like, you know, whatever. I, it's, yeah, it's, it's whatever. Even the show, like, they, uh, or when I say show, I mean, like, the anime show Rebels, but that's not a hero in there. The fact is, we got, the point is, we have a live-action Hera, and we have a live-action Sabine, and both of them are absolutely killing it. And And I didn't, I didn't know how I would feel about Mary Elizabeth Winston as Hera, specifically. I know she's a good actor, but, like, I, like, she's a fairly big name to be playing this character from a from an animated show um so and like you know rosario not to say rosario dawson isn't but like the actress who plays sabine is relatively unknown uh mm-hmm. so she's able to kind of come in and, and really do her own thing and come in like really unexpectedly and mary elizabeth winston comes with some uh some unfortunate baggage not unfortunate baggage but just some baggage that you know you you know who this actor is you know how they perform you're ready to see them and i was surprised at like just like no that's hera i see hera right away yeah, i'm really happy with this I don't know. I don't know how much that applies across the board. I think Winstead is is known, obviously, but I wouldn't say she's like household name level where like everybody's going to pick her out, especially just when she's under all that makeup. If you don't know, uh, I, I don't think that that baggage is really getting in her way. She had mm-hmm. to get a Star Wars because, you know, her, her partner's got a Star Wars. So uh, and she and she has that that kind of like um, what I talked about, like, you know, that like. That little wink, that little Star Wars wink, that little whimsy has she has that in her performance, and it's really yes. nice to see, I, uh, uh, well, especially when she's talking to Chopper. Uh, I know you were about to say something, Ben, so uh, I'm gonna throw to you before I say what I was gonna say. Um, I was trying to, I was trying to say something that I completely forgot what I was gonna say. God darn it! Rip. You, God you go it. ahead and find it. Um, well, you know, for, well, I mean, I mean, it, it was a shock to me because actually it was. My my fiance actually was like looking up characters because we're not because she didn't really watch Rebels. She watched parts of it with me, and as we're watching the show, we're just uh, talking about it. And then she like looks up Mary Elizabeth Winstead because like, oh yeah, that's Ramona. That's Ramona from Scott Pilgrim. And then she goes like, Hey, do you know she's married to you and McGregor? I'm like, What? I didn't. I didn't know that. So I figured, huh, that's cute. They're both their uh, husband and wife team, both in Star Wars. But they got that Star Wars money. That kid's set for they, life. Yeah. And also, I just realized that both of them were in Birds of Prey. So I'm like, Oh shit, they were. Yes, the character uh, got together with a Jedi, and the actor got together with a Jedi. Yeah, um, I was gonna say something, but oh yeah, like like uh, uh, Brandy, you were talking about the twinkle in in the eyes, like the mm-hmm. the Star Wars twinkle, like when she's doing her dialogue with Chopper. I also saw it with one of the, my biggest hopes of the show. Like when the show started, I was like, I just want to see Jace just once, just once. I want to see her son, and we saw her kid, and I was just like, yeah. And it's just yeah. like green hair. There's this green hair. I'm like, you know what? That is totally fine with me. And he's like, I want to be Jedi. I'm like, oh, Katie, I miss you. My heart. Well, don't worry. I, Master Luke is building a temple. You'll go train with Master Luke and nothing bad will happen. Oh. I do love, I do love like the anime. Like we can make hair more colorful. It's an animated show. We got to do it. And then getting around to live action. They're like, oh man, this actually lives in the world of Star Wars. We gotta, yeah. we, gotta we gotta do that. Speaking of hair color, um during the during the, the hair scene, which is our background, um, one of the one of the guys has blue hair and he's like the dad of one of the characters from Resistance. I didn't know that because I didn't watch Resistance, but like that dude's got straight up just like dark blue hair, and I'm like, if this were in a hologram, that would look real silly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember my I remember what I was gonna say. Um uh Clancy Brown playing uh Governor Azadi 
but he has his character in uh, Rebels and him reprising his role. I was just like really happy. That's well, that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad I watched Rebels beforehand. And I mean, I, I able... guess if he, I guess if he had to reprise one of his Star Wars roles, I one guess the... it had to be the one human one four. and not <laughs> Savage <laughs> Opress from Clone Wars. Fine. In, in the in just. In the small counterpoint to that, Ben, it's always interesting who gets to come back for their voice acting role and who doesn't get invited back. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's having cool. an old man continue to be an old man is pretty easy. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we've talked about the actor playing Hera could have played Hera no, or all the makeup, that kind of thing. Winston's doing a great job. Totally happy for it. It's just yeah. one of those decisions where you go, I get, I get Sabine, I get it. Hera, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where I think I was I was less on board with the mostly re, with the the whole recast of the rebels characters um, when it was just Ahsoka when we just had Ahsoka because my my perception of the of that of that casting is so bad like I was just like well why don't we just bring the the char- the, the actors who most of them can play the characters but now that we're here and I see that once again Sabine and Hera are very good um these two actresses are very good in these roles and this very clearly uh these characters I'm okay with it but Sparks is right it is always interesting when you get like Katie Sackhoff and Clancy Brown and then everyone else gets recast yeah Yeah. I Um, I unfortunately I don't want to talk about it too long but like I also unfortunately think it does have to do with like star power because like once you oh, leave, once you leave animation, you get this like even if it's a Disney Plus thing and like you're you've been a character for ten years, like just like Ashley, I've seen like people don't know who that is and that sucks. And like that's just like if you gave her a chance, people would know who she is, right? But like they won't let her leave animation, so it's like it's 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 kind of sucks on every front, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, if Clancy Brown wants to come back to play Savage Opress, even though the character is dead, I'm here for it. <laughs> Absolutely, y'all, man. Flashback. Um, <laughs> uh, strong for, character for Hera. Uh, I think Winstead does a really good job of getting the like back in the <clears throat> back uh, in the groove of the mom, yeah, character mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. managing everyone and handling it. Like that, she feels very true to Hera. That's that's what Hera did. She, um, I will say, like I, I really liked her in the first two episodes. Like I think a lot of her dialogue. It feels she's giving a good performance, but a lot of her dialogue is like really reactionary and kind of generic. The third episode, I think she really gets to shine, especially uh, uh, in this scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, where she's talking to the Senate, because like then she gets to be a mom and she gets to be a general. Uh, uh, she did cool stuff in the in the Imperial uh, Imperial place, not to discount the last episode. But like here, I like I absolutely I felt the entirety of her character where she's she's representing a, a fleet of people. She's also a mom. She's talking to a friend. She's like a fully faceted character. And she's doing that Star Wars wink and a smile like she's hanging out with Chop. And I'm like, you're talking to a senator. Show some respect. I'm just kidding. I want to because you brought it up. I want to focus on that scene a little bit, if it's OK. Um, yeah. because I think that there's a lot of really good stuff in the scene specifically. I really like that Hera is like, it, it, you know, we know from Mandalorian specifically, um, that the senators are just kind of like, Oh, the war's over. We've won. The empire is nothing to anymore. <laughs> it's like, you know, the, and so like, I really kind of appreciate like someone like Hera coming to them and be like, if we don't act, well, this war won't be over. There will be another one. And I really like that Mon Mothma is there because what I, again, watching Andor is really nice here because you can see uh, Mon Mothma going like, she's right. Like you see it in her face. Hera's right. Yeah. She just can't do anything because of the other senators. Now the senators don't think she's right. 
Um, she knows who Thrawn that, is. That was like, not yeah. the point I thought you were going to make because I was also going to say like you can look at Andor and also know that Mom Mothma is really happy to get back to the system the way it was before because she thinks that worked just fine. <laughs> and oh, well, look sure. how well it's working. Well, but New sure, Republic. but like I what the way I read that scene, well, the way I see her face, the way Mon Mothma is playing that scene is that she knows that the Empire is still a danger, that Thrawn is still a danger, and that Hera is right. Uh, the other senators just won't do anything about it. And while even, yes, uh, Chancellor Mon Mothma uh, is uh, comfortable with the system and is happy that the Republic is back, she is still she is still the kind of, she's still the person smart enough to, to see. She was the person who, um, who, who funded Leia to build the resistance against the First Order. So Mon yeah. Mothma's not stupid. Uh, no. So she knows that this is, that this is something that can be taken away. And she knows that Hera is right, but none of the Senate, and she's, she's frustrated because none of the other senators will do anything about it. And I really like that scene. Yeah. I love the line and, where, oh, sorry, no, please, sorry, Ryan. My favorite line in, in the entire show thus far is when Hera is talking to that one Senator Ozario, Ozario, you know, that one guy, the blue guy, the blue haired man. Yeah. And she looks and goes, did you fight in the war? And he goes, no, and he's like, oh, so he just waited to see which side came out on top then, because he's constantly saying, he's like, oh, because you know he's like the devil's advocate. He's the one senator who's like constantly pushing back and saying why we shouldn't give more resources to Hera, and Hera's just he's like, like, hey, you ever fight? Oh, you did it? Then shut he up. He said we won the war, and he didn't do shit. Yeah, yeah he didn't do jack like, shit. Like we're we're very familiar again because of Andor with exactly what senators were doing on Coruscant at the time of the Empire being in power. Mm -hmm. And we yeah, know that there's a big just like, oh, the power needles over here. Oh, this is where we go. Oh, the power needle. Or you're a Mon Mothma who's actually trying to upend it. But like yeah. that, we know that was few and far between. And it's certainly yeah. not any of the people standing next and to I her love... in this conversation. These people who, yeah. when they're in this scene, I'm watching them and I'm like, you're going to get blown up in a few years and I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, uh, Except I, for Mon I, like about... I like her. Oh, what I like about this scene, because like, I, I really like this scene a lot. Um, uh, it, again, it shows it's I don't want every show to be Andor, right? But like when you're dealing with rebellion and you're dealing with fascism, you're dealing with stuff like that, like you have to talk about war. And the fact that that Chancellor Mon Mothma is here after all that stuff, and she is once again in a place where she has power, but she really she doesn't have power. And we're just we're back to the same system <laughs> that is failing, even though it's supposed to be the right system. And she's like, oh no, we're here again. And to Brandon's point of like, oh no, Thrawn's gonna come back with this Republic? Oh shit, dog. We really gotta do something about this. Well, the other guy's like, nah, we're fine. Eh, what's a gal? There's more than one galaxy? Get out of here. And again, what's really interesting about it is that you can kind of see the seeds being sown for when Leia will come up and say, hey, the first order's a problem. Yep. The senators won't do anything. And Mon Mothma is the one like, okay, you go there. You go to the first order space. I'll fund you some money on my own and we'll get this done. And like you see that you can kind of see that thread, and I really like that. And I don't want to discount it real quickly. I actually, I having seen Resistance, I really appreciated seeing the the, the main character's dad in the scene. I thought that oh, was yeah. kind of no, clever, yeah. a clever nod. No, I I do appreciate that 100. percent Like again, it just makes everything feel like it's all it's all together. Like that's that's fun yeah. world building. Especially because that we know, because Resistance that dude's a dick. Yeah, we'll yeah, he's a he's a he's a bad boy. Uh, uh we... yeah. Can we talk about the villains really quick? We have to. Skull and Hottie. Hottie, I love Hottie, Hottie. I, I love uh, all the villains in this. I love uh, um, Morgan, the the Night Sister. I really like the um, the big bushy, not Sith Lord, but kind of Sith Lord. For just for sake of argument, I'm gonna call him. The, I'm gonna call him the Sith Lord. 
Balin, Balin Skull. And he's yeah. not a Sith Lord. He's just a mercenary. He's a former he's a Jedi. He's yeah. just a mercenary. I, I really like him because I just don't yeah. know what his I like it, but I don't because I don't know what his deal is. But also I just like how like when he first shows up and he stabs that new Republic officer is says, You're right about one thing. We are no Jedi. Just like and I'm just like, ooh, I love this. I don't know. I I really like him. And also I kind of like how um his apprentice is just like it's just like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to do what he says because I don't want to get on his bad side. Well, Balin's dope because he clearly uh, is just a mercenary doing things for money. He doesn't even agree with what they're doing. Uh, like when they're like, yo, go kill Ahsoka. He's like, oh man, that sucks. She's like one of the last <laughs> Jedi around. He's like, yo, are you feeling sentimental? He's like, damn right. Like, I'll do it. No, but she, I'll, I, like, I'm it. bummed about no, it. No, I like it even better what she says, which is she says is that sentiment. He says, it's true. It's true. Yeah, he said, yeah. I mean, I think he's like that. That does bum him out. He's gonna do it, but like, like, oh man, there's only like seven of us left. That's you guys got to make it six. Oh well, coins, coin. Yeah, I really like, uh, I really like uh, Ray Stevenson in this. I, I'm and I'm really glad about it too because we know this is like one of his last things. Um, yeah. and, and I'm so I really like this character, and I I think it's really fun. He's got he's the and I don't think this is this is this is I believe this is intentional. I think this is kind of like like dark Qui-Gon energy almost like because we get the reference to Phantom Menace when when the two Jedi with the two Jedi show up in, in Phantom Menace we get that it's very much oh, the sure. same yeah. scene sure. I thought you were talking the about the stabbing episode. at the end of the first episode but uh. <laughs> no um it's like very it's very much like we get that we we it, we get that parallel and I think that's supposed to cue the audience into like oh this character like Qui-Gon if Qui-Gon went dark um yeah. and and I, I i i appreciate that because like i love qui-gon and it, i love reese stevenson and it, it's working for me yeah and i and i really like his second in command um she i love because she just has like the widest eyes and she's just like i'm gonna kill you at every moment of opportunity that i can she looks scary all the time she's so intense uh she's got palm clementif from dead reckoning yes Andy. she's absolutely mm. uh uh paris in space 100 um i like that she's <laughs> like i'm just do i'm just hanging out with this guy doing what i'm doing and then like once the operation happens she's like yo so like if we find this thron dude what's gonna happen and he's like yo man we're gonna be the most powerful people in the universe and she's like hell yeah okay mm -hmm. cool hell yeah and then she's like done with morgan she's like morgan messes up like oh morgan you suck i'm gonna go finish this jedi off for you <laughs> like i love her attitude I love them. I'm. I think they're awesome. Like they're in the show just enough. Uh, like I don't want them explored too much. Uh, maybe Balin more because like that dude was a Jedi once. Like I want. I do kind of want to know his story. But like I think they're great fun. Like yo, these are our mini bosses for the season. I love a good mini boss. I love that. I think the yeah. opening is really really strong. Yeah. And dude, just the way he's like so technical. I'm like man, yeah. that's some cool choreography. Yeah, he's very like he's very um. It's what what's interesting is because like. He's got like the opposite style of Count Dooku, right? Count Dooku had a very like flowy, like kind of a, a rapier style of yeah, I'll definitely rapier, yeah. Um, whereas he has very much like a like a knight, like a like um like a very um uh, he like looks a, like, like a, a knight, yeah, like a knight of the round table, kind of like you know he's holding mm -hmm. his he's holding his lightsaber like this all the time, like a broad sword. Like this. He's yeah. very rigid, whereas yeah. like he he's very rigid in his movements where it's like it's quick. Whereas there's no not a lot of flair like with Dooku. Dooku is very yeah, theatrical. Yeah, I can only assume cats are doing stuff right now on a uh, Sparks and Ryan's thing. But yeah, Dooku's very theatrical. Whereas with uh, Balin, he's just yeah, he's quick, rigid, which 
I kind of like, honestly. I'm fine. I I don't I don't know why. I just like these villains. I just like these characters a whole lot. I know we haven't seen a whole lot of them, or we haven't been with them a whole lot. And there's still like more stuff to find out about these about these characters. But I'm looking. For, it, it's weird. Everything about the show that doesn't involve Ahsoka directly, I am yeah. more interested in than the stuff that's going on with Ahsoka. Well, well it's a good thing. It's not. It's it is kind of a good thing, I guess. And then this isn't just an Ahsoka show because luckily it's not. We're not following just her a lot. It's always her and Hu Yang, or her and Sabine, or Sabine. Mm-hmm. So it's like the stuff that that might suck. We're not <laughs> always with it alone. So I guess that's a positive. Before we get too far away from away from this, I also want to mention that there's another Phantom Menace uh, reference in this episode that I quite like, which is not the stabbing, um, <laughs> which is the um, uh, which is the one where um, uh, Hattie is on the um, is on the hill. And the Darth the Maul. drone comes mm-hmm. the drone comes up much like Darth Maul and Tatooine. I was like, that's cute. I appreciate that. I really like the opening of the show um, with the red letter crawl. Um, I love yeah. it. Which was yeah. like a throwback to the Legends books think, when they wanted yeah, to get dark. Maybe. They they did red letter crawl text. I love that. Um, and just like the the setup and the presentation, the the cinematography, the music is all really strong the music, the music is really strong the music is so good the music is very good kevin kiner yeah, is in top kevin kiner who's the composer for clone wars and rebels comes back to do ahsoka and it he is he's doing some of his best work oh yeah yeah uh i think all these episodes are strong but like that like i've been obviously i watched so i listen to music but like the first time i really keyed in and was like really listening was episode three during the purgle the purgle scene because mm. then it turns into like this is like an actual like movie score, right? Like this is like a movie score, and like I really like the scene. Like it's I wouldn't say it's like movie level quality, like uh, dogfighting, but it's really it's the best on TV. He also did a thing where when Sabine's going to the um, cockpit to fire, mm-hmm. uh, you you get just like the f- very first notes of the um, time when Luke does it in the original Star Wars. Oh! Dun, 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 dun. But then it, it immediately, That's right. like, okay, yeah. it gives you like three or four of those notes and then immediately dovetails into something else. And is like, we're going to do something new though. Yeah. The music is, is extraordinary. I think. <clears throat> yeah. And that's because he's very familiar with the world of Star Wars. He's been riffing on Star Wars music for a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you talked about the, uh, the, 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 the space battle sequence. And I, I do want to mention that, that um, I know I'm really hot. I know it came in really hot on on my dislike of Rosario Dawson and Ahsoka, but that is the most I've liked her uh, is in that sequence when she and yeah. Sabine are actually bantering back and forth and and oh, yeah. and working together as a team. I think that's a really well written scene, um, and I think the the space battle looks really good. And I, yeah. I I just everything about that scene just really sung to me. Um, right. Even even and I and I and I love man. Ask Zara because we watched this together. But when the Purgle showed up. Like, oh my god. Like oh. you could not contain my excitement at that moment. Looks really good. And and I love that this is a dogfight scene. They're like, yo, why don't we just make our spaceships into biplanes? Let's yeah. just do it. Let's just do it. This is a World War II scene in space right now. Just actually let's just do it. It looks great. I love Ahsoka's ship, the way that like the wings can spin around like when it lands, but mm-hmm. in space. That is such a cool design. I love it. Uh Man, uh, a lightsaber, uh, a lightsaber fighting, fight, fighting, fighting off, off like a uh, uh, dog fighting, and she does like gravity flips with her with her like her gravity boots. I'm like, this is really fun. And I did see that's some really clever going, stuff like, too. 
Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is stupid. I'm like, yo, this is Star Wars. Like, what do you like? What do you want? Like, what do you How want? Sabine uses the ship to catch Ahsoka because yeah. she's floating out in space. Like, that's really that's really fun stuff. I really yeah. appreciated mm-hmm. that. And that I kind agree. of like clever, clever blocking. And I agree with like, uh, even though like I'm 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 hotter on on the Ahsoka stuff. Like, I do think this is where she's opening up. And I think again by design that is maybe it was a fumble to start her that like kind of zen but i do think episode three she is opening up and like i do really like the dialogue between her and sabine it's really fun and like after ahsoka like like does some space shit and she's just floating in space like hey did you fix the ship yet and i'm like that felt like a like a clone wars moment right like that was really great like i was like i really i really like this third episode a lot yeah even um even like when when like when ahsoka's like floating through space she's like hey did you go it's like cool now get me it's like that yeah. I would actually agree that this is the first, like, watching, like, once we get to episode three, this is where Ahsoka, like Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka, feels more like Ahsoka from the animated series a little bit more. Even in uh, even in Rebels, because she's, I wouldn't say that she's, you know, very jokey, very punny and in Rebels, but she has more of her personality show up. It's more, she's much more maybe not relaxed but she's but she's opening up a little bit more and i actually agree with brandon that episode three is where i'm really it's where like okay i'm more i could see more stuff with ahsoka she's not very like mm, you know the, the stoicism problem that we mentioned earlier and just like the second she said sabine what do you need instead of asking telling her what sabine need, was telling her like sabine i need you to do this she's like okay what, what do, do you need and let me help you out it was it was definitely a moment that's like okay now she's understanding that sabine knows how to do stuff she mentions it like hey you're a mandalorian you know how to handle weapons very well you just need to do the force bit but what she's like hey you've been in this situation countless times with the crew the ghost what do you need to make this fight go for your way and i really love that moment yeah um, you guys ever oh, go ahead, Sparks? I, have, I was going to say something stupid, but if you have a more important thing, oh no, please give us the stupid. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I really like Hu Yang. Is, is where this came from. Uh, David Tennant, I love. Uh, oh yeah, and That's not I, no, the stupid part is, do you guys ever think about how good droid technology is in the Star Wars universe? If Hu Yang is five hundred years old, and then uh, well, uh, we've played Jedi Survivor. I was literally about to go there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Z, Z, Z. Yeah, the two-year-old. Yeah. From the High Republic. Like, ben, yeah. I know you've only played four minutes of Jedi Survivor, but have you met Z yet? Not yet. Jesus, you're never playing that game. <laughs> he's definitely no, he's not, not part of that review, I'll tell you that right <laughs> That's now. That's fine. There's a lot of games coming up. Uh, that review yeah. never happens. We're here on Hu Yang. It Hu, will. Hu Yang. Uh, Shut down your negativity. Stop it. Hu Yang, we're talking about fun stuff today, and Hu Yang is great. I did not, I honestly, I fully expected David Tennant to be a cameo in the show, 100%. I a lot not, of people did. I did not expect him to be like like a full cast member. Not just, like, so I know he's not on set, but like, that's a puppet. Sometimes it's yeah. CG, but that's 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 just Rosario Dawson and a puppet half the time. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Star Wars. You didn't need to spend a million dollars a minute on a robot that could sit there. Wow, brilliant. It's so, it's so great to have him in this fully formed presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, as a character that he's already played before, but like it's 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 logical and it works. Yeah. Uh why he would be paired up with Ahsoka at this point in time. Yeah. If he had survived, like it's really cool. I like it a lot. Hu Yang, by the way, Ben, is a 
is a is a droid from the Clone Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. We met him in an episode where where we meet a bunch of like younglings, and uh, he helps them build their lightsabers during the Clone yeah, Wars. I- yeah, there was a clip on TikTok. I think there was a clip of an interview with Dave Filoni talking about Hu Yang that I saw on TikTok where they also like put in the clip where he's talking with the younglings about he's like expecting a younglings lightsaber saying like, hey, you need to fix this or else it's going to kill you. And I'm like, oh, so that's where Hu Yang is. But then and I really like, I, I really like the scene real quickly just because I, br- I brought that up. I wanted to I wanted to say a point with that, which was that. I really like the scene when she's talking about Ezra, when, when Hu Yang is talking about Ezra's lightsaber now being Sabine's because Sabine has modified it. Um, and he's like, this is for all intents and purposes yours now. So you should take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that scene that I really like all the scenes with Hu Yang. I think he's really funny and really matter of fact, but like that scene specifically, it was a standout for me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I cannot believe it took me this long to realize that Hu Yang was David Tennant. It yeah, man. Like, David Tennant's having a good year. Episodes one and two, I'm like, why does this droid sound so familiar? And then later on, I'm like, going scrolling through TikTok, I was like, oh yeah, we have David Tennant back as Hu Yang. I'm like, mother trucker, I should have. Yeah, known. David well, Tennant. David, this uh, Good Omens and Doctor Who in a couple months. Good year for David Tennant. Well, it's it's fair, Ben, because you didn't watch Clone Wars, so you didn't see Hu Yang before. Who um, right. Yang? Uh, it's a weird point to bring this up. But I think it, it it's when it came to mind for me, so I think I will. Um, I think it will be a problem, actively, a problem going forward to not recast Luke and Leia and Han yeah. and have them be part of the story. Yes. Um, I think I think we've, I, I, like, I was thinking about it and I'm like, boy, it'd be really cool if Hu Yang could, like, look at Luke's lightsaber and talk about how he... Uh, was inspired by Anakin's in creating it. And I'm like, yeah, what a neat conversation yeah. that'd be to have. Uh, I don't want it with the See, AI. Dude, here's the thing. Like, I understand brand recognition, all that stuff. You want Luke Hamill, Luke Hamill Mark Hamill to be Luke <laughs> forever. I, I understand that. But there was a time when you discussed actors to be to play characters. And that was how Hollywood worked for a long time. And I don't understand that the money that they could be making by because, simply casting someone else to, re, to just like, yo, it's another movie with this cast in between these movies and here's a fun little adventure. It doesn't have to be the grand scope. They made every excuse in the book because they got afraid of Solo. I know, I yeah, and like, now that we're so far away from Solo, y'all, after the production problems, that movie's good. That movie's totally fine. Y'all are angry about a movie that's not even bad. Right. Uh, y'all have released worse movies that you put but more point, effort in. But, but they took, they took bad release timing because yeah. they shouldn't have released at the time of year that they did and uh mixed responses to star wars stuff post last jedi yeah as that means people don't want different actors playing solo but donald glover can still be lando um but but we can't but we can't recast the core three and i'm like no you can you Man. can i promise you you can you should yeah. um anyway the i don't want to heart be on it for too long no but it, like, is, it is the truth but like, it is something where i'm like uh We've got Mothma here. Brandon was just referencing Mothma's relationship with Leia. I'm like, I don't think we can do Thrawn to the size and degree that the story warrants and not, like, if this were animation, it wouldn't even be a discussion. The characters would be in it. Like, we'd, yeah. be, we'd be blending those stories at this point. Instead of getting everyone that we need, we're just going to get Robot Luke. For that's that, one of for the, that Thrawn movie. That's, it's not a criticism of this show, but I do prefer, I do, I do wish we, we know that this show started as an animated show. We, we know that that is empirical fact at this point. Um, this show was meant to be an animated show that was going to be set 
in the same time period, and then Mandalorian happened, and Dave Filoni got attached to Mandalorian with John Favreau and got interested in converting it to a live action show, and okay. that that I I I lament the parallel universe where that didn't happen, and we got this as an animated show. I kind of agree, but my now that we're here, and I really like the show a lot. I'd rather this was in live action. If we are doing a big, like, we're going to do a movie in theaters with Thrawn um, and everybody in the whole, the whole Star Wars galaxy is going to be like, yo, man, uh, everything's built up to this moment. We're doing this. This is the thing that happens before the First Order come around. Um, I want that to be in live action uh, sure. because, because unfortunately, the way that these things work, it feels like it legitimizes it. And if it's yeah. an animation, it feels like it's not. Yeah. Like, the thing is, I'll be able to take my wife to see it and we'll talk about it. Yeah. And if it stays in animation, she'll never watch it. Yeah. And like those are two, those are two that's separate a... sides of that coin. And like I think the only thing, the only thing that's holding back a live action version uh is the fact that I do fear they are unwilling to put Han, Luke, and Leia in the story because of it. Yeah. That's what I was that's what I was getting at. And like I I made sure to say that this wasn't criticism of the show, because it's not. I really like the show. I'm really happy that we have it in this format. Um, and I, I, you know, we could not have done the big, the big like crossover heir to the empire movie. If this was animated, we couldn't, it just wouldn't be possible. Um, I mean, it would be if people were more minded than they are actually yeah, a, better um, world. a better world, but we're not in that world. And I totally understand that. And I'm happy with, with the world we're in. Uh, I just, because of that fact specifically that we can't have Lucan and Leia, I mean, we could. But I don't not deep faked. Um, I mean, like let's well let's let's not say that they're they're not going to do it. They might. It's not um, gonna be. I don't think anytime soon. No. And well, well, specifically soonish. Well, here's the thing, like because we know that they're gonna do more race stuff after episode nine, so I think they're gonna want to move forward instead of trying to. How do we solve this Han problem? We don't have a Han problem. We don't do Han Solo for a little bit, and that sucks because I like Han Solo. I'd like more Han content, but like they. They feel so restricted when nobody cares about that shit. Nobody cares. As long as the story's good, just right. give us a Han Solo story. No, I mean, I mean, because we know we're getting that movie. That's the Thrawn wrap-up movie. No, yes. And and like that would be where you have them. Yeah. And you can. They could. Yeah. It's not set in stone. We don't know. They could decide, yes, we'll recast. All nine Herricks back. Dog lovers in. I would lose Lando, my because Lando went really well. They're Could both you imagine? Back, and here's uh, who's playing Luke, and here's who's playing Leia. God, um, I would lose my. It's mind. Billy Lord as as Leia. Forget she was a nine. Who cares? Someone put up a thing saying that, like, you know, someone put up the scene where Ahsoka and Luke met in the Book of Boba yeah. Fett, and I was looking at that scene and I was like, I would care a lot more about this scene. Even with Ahsoka, as as even with uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, if there was anyone else, if there was someone there talking to her, because like it doesn't matter to me that Luke looks like Mark Hamill, it matters to me that Luke is there. It would yeah. be a really good scene if Luke and for Luke and Ahsoka, like I would love. Oh my god, the childhood fan in me being like, oh my god, what if Luke and Ahsoka met? And how cool would that be? And have it, and she finally see it on screen and have it on screen in the way that we had it was really underwhelming because like, it just looked like Rosario Dawson was talking to a robot and, and not yeah, even an interesting and, robot like Hu Yang. Yeah. And the, and the most interesting thing about this is like, we're not even that far from that happening, but like the further we get from all of these deep fakes that have happened, like the one, like the rogue one and, and the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, like 
they just don't look good. And we're again, it's only been like a year, and I'm already like, I see the I see the faults in this Luke Skywalker, who when I saw it is is really impressive. You look at it for more than one minute and you're like, no, oh, it's not real. And it's just like technology can only advance so far. Why would you why are you spending $20 million when you can just hire an actor? It's just like I just I just we're we're at the point where we need to do that. Like Sparks said, like we just need to stop doing this and just hire actors to play these characters. Well, and like and and I think it's possible. I'm not going to rule it out because I feel like you can't do the story that it feels like they're setting up to do. If it's and supposed not, to be monumental, yes. And not involve those characters in some way. Yeah. Like it it actively it it feels like stupid. It it just feels stupid. Um there's some amount even of of I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but like it it just it just I don't see how you do it. I don't see how you make it what it's meant to be and don't have those characters. There. Why not make the best thing that you can possibly make? Because right. like nothing is stopping you except for yourself. Right. Everyone wants to see these characters. Like it's just, it's silly. It's silly. Ben, uh, you've been trying to talk for 40 minutes. I'm sorry. No. Um, the only thing I'm going to say about that, because not to play, not to be devil's advocate and not to defend Disney for doing what they're doing with robot Mark Hamill is I could see why they're doing it and why they're not recasting Han, Luke and Leia, or at least Luke looking at it because if if Alden Ehrenreich came back as Han Solo, I would be a hundred percent for it. Now I know I'm not the hottest person on the on the solo movie, but I do agree it's a fine movie. It's not bad, and Alden Ehrenreich does a really good job playing Han Solo, and I want him to come back to reprise the character. I think he's a very good fit. But the reason why, though, well, at least the the consensus I'm coming to is because Disney's too freaking scared to do it because they know no matter what they do, the backlash is going to be immense. No matter, it's like no, they have dug themselves in so far they put themselves so far in a corner that no matter what they do to appease the fans en masse who were so pissed off about Last Jedi they're always going to get yelled at they're always going to have some it. sort of thing and I, you said point, it just, you said it though you said yeah. it though no matter what they do so just do it yeah, yeah just no matter what you can't walk on eggshells the, your entire the next what 50 years of Star Wars making like huh yeah, and and plus the new like the, the, I know there's kids out. I know there's kids. I know there's people out there who absolutely adore the sequel trilogy. I like the sequel, at least two thirds of the sequel trilogy, and yeah. I'm just glad that we're getting more Star Wars. I mentioned that Rebels kind of reignited my love of Star Wars. I wasn't like tired of Star Wars, but it's like there's really good stuff in here. And seeing Ahsoka is like I'm I'm on the Star Wars train. I'm ready to put me back on it. I'm ready to see more Star Wars. And. And I 100% agree. I want to see Luke and Leia in this in this um, in this show. I want to see him in between um, Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi. I want to see how they interact, how, what's going on. And I 100% agree. Recast them, just recast them with the younger actors. I'm a, I'm all for that. We're still gonna get Luke Skywalker. We're just not gonna get get a 70 year old Mark Hamill. And I'm 100% okay with that. 100% yeah. fine with it. Well, uh, I think for this, they've shot themselves in the foot with it, right? Because I don't think my whole thing is I don't see how you don't involve Luke, Leia, and Han when Ahsoka's met Luke now. Yeah, mm -hmm. like because you established it, that door is open. There's no reason that these characters wouldn't be involved. Why wouldn't Luke want to help save Ezra? And and a galactic threat of like the like. Like the world's smartest supervillain has returned, and he's and for some reason he now he has an army with him, 
and we have to fight him. Like, you're not going to call the, the, the Jedi, you know? Also, just, like, contextually what this show does, like, and we knew that with Rebels being done, but, like, it's very clear here. Leia knows Ezra's name. Leia's oh, yeah. in this, too, and Leia knows he's missing, and she knows that these people care about it. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense for Leia not to be advocating for that. Everybody knows Ezra Bridger's name, which I didn't think about because, like, yeah, he did save all of them. He did. Well, so, like, Leia, he sent that broadcast out to. That's right. Yeah, fight the Empire. Leia and um and uh Leia and Billy D. Williams Lando. Lando. Um, they Ooh. met Ezra. They were in Rebels. That's um, nice. and, and uh, there was um, yeah, I I just yeah. Anyway, let's move and on. here's the thing, like. <laughs> It's it's completely different because it's, it's a child, but they casted a young Leia. It's not like you know they didn't de-age, <laughs> they didn't put like Carrie Fisher's face on a child, right? So like, right? Could you imagine that nightmare? Um, that's like some Twilight shit. Um, they have already. All right, listen. This is a young person. That's not Carrie Fisher. That person grows up into somebody else. They already did it. They can just say that Leia grew up to look like this person, and it's just like. Nobody cares. No, you're the only person who cares, y'all. We know Carrie Fisher's passed away. These characters are bigger than a single actor. Absolutely. That's all, That's, it oh, absolutely. That's all it is. It's yes. the same thing that like credits where credits do. Edward Norton made very clear when he knew he wasn't coming back as the Hulk because Mark Ruffalo wasn't. He said yeah. the Hulk's bigger than a single actor. Absolutely. Like I, I'm I'm fully supportive. Like, you know, it didn't work out. And I hope that they do the best they can because and, and I'm gonna be watching because the character's always bigger than us. All right. Let's talk about um, let's talk about um, the Star Killer in the room. What's going on with Mara? Yeah, that's interesting. I yeah, I don't know how I, how I where I land on the uh, is he Star Killer or not theory. Because people are saying he's Ezra, and I'm like, he's not Ezra. That that's would, that would ha, that would make sense. That's what should have sensed it. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely, hundred um, percent. I think I don't I. I think it's a fun theory. Can I'm I, not I'm not buying it real quick. Like I'm, yeah. I don't buy into it, but I think like there is a way of being like. This is Vader's failed, uh, uh, failed uh, uh, apprentice that nobody knows about. I took him in because he was yeah. going to get discarded. Yeah. Now he's he's Maroc when he wasn't. Blah blah blah. So like, I know you have a good point about this. Uh, no, I was going to say in response to the Ezra thing. Yeah. Before you, oh sorry, yeah, please, that's please. why I wanted to. Ezra uh, time. I think if you were going to make Ezra ultimately someone on the dark side, yes, it needed to happen in Rebels. Like they flirted with that line for a long time, mm -hmm. and I and I saw a path where I'm like, you could make at the end of Ezra's story that he goes dark and that kind of thing. Um, but I think we passed that point and I think it'll be really a really cheap story move if this is Ezra. Oh, yeah, I, I'm just like, I don't, I don't think it is, but like, if it is, yeah. that's going to be, that's going to be really, really unfortunate. And how do you get the, back? You will have to do a lot, a lot of legwork to make up that's for that. Fine. Um, and I just don't see a way you can do it in a, in a way that feels true to the story of Rebels. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense either, just like narr narratively speaking, because before this show, we just thought that Ezra and, and Thrawn were in the Unknown Regions, not a separate galaxy. That yeah, is yeah. apparently very difficult to, tra to traverse to. Um, that was just not that was not known until this show. So it'd be very difficult to explain like, oh, yeah, Ezra fell off the Star Destroyer midway through. <laughs> like, what happened? How do you got got dotted. Yeah, it doesn't make any yeah, sense. I'd, I'd be really... I'd be really disappointed in that. So I hope that's not the case. Um, but to your point about, uh, could this be a reworking of doing Starkiller uh, in canon? This whole um, show being about apprentices, I like your take on it. I think that's a really good idea when you think about it. It is uh, Anakin's apprentice against Darth Vader's apprentice. And I think that that 
parallelism is a really cool thing that you can definitely do. Even his thrown away apprentice. Like yeah. maybe he doesn't even know that he's an inquisitor. He just like, he got thrown away. And then the one uh, who walked away and the one who got thrown away. Absolutely. And then at the end, like again, Merrick not, might, might not be like the main character, but he might be a really important, like it's also a force against Ahsoka. It's also a path for her to be able to heal with Sabine wounds. No, I was going to say wounds that she has, because part of it is that she's carrying guilt for what happened to Anakin. Absolutely. We know this, like we know that this is something where like, it, it, not that she, whether or not she should, isn't really the factor. It's the, it's that we know that she feels like had I not, and she's probably right, but it's not her responsibility, but had she not left Anakin, yeah. would Anakin have turned to the dark side? Yeah. That yeah. the revenge of the Sith goes differently. The guilt she feels The it. revenge of the Sith goes differently. If Anakin can confide in Ahsoka when he finds out that Palpatine is the emperor. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that, that goes differently with her being present and her knowing that he was in love with Padme. Yes. We know that Dave Filoni has flirted with making Starkiller an Inquisitor before. Mm-hmm. Um, there was th- there was talk of doing it in Rebels. So it wouldn't surprise me that he finally decided to do it now. I just um, they also listened to a recent I just listened to a recent Sam Wayne interview uh, where he's like, you know, I don't know anything about anything. You know, like this is brought up. This has been brought up before. You know, of like of having Starkiller's importance downsized a little bit, but to bring him into canon. So like this idea, like you just said, Brent, has been flirted with before. So like, I think it'd be awesome. I think that'd be really cool. Again, he doesn't have to be, you know, the force unleashed version where he's like blowing up buildings. You know, you've never seen the force this way. Uh, 390X on your PC and shit. Like, uh, but I think that would be really cool. And again, to, to Sparks the point of like the, the, the lost apprentice versus like the failed apprentice idea is really, really, really cool. Um, because again, I don't think, I don't think you bring a character like Maroc in who has a voice changer, who has a mask, who is mysterious for no reason. Because if you do, then it's just like we're just doing like a mystery box character for no reason. Like I think there has to be some purpose. To, like he's not J.J. Abrams. Like I think Filoni has an idea what he's doing. Right. If we don't see helicopter lightsabers, we riot. Dude, the second he pulled it out, and I thought he was gonna start. He, and he before Me he too. threw it, I thought he was gonna go up. Uh, like it's close enough. It's close um, enough. I want to yeah, see I it. Think, I, I think there's a really, I think there's a really cool and interesting way that you can do the idea of Starkiller. And, and again, like this, this idea of the two, two apprentices of what are functionally two different identities, 100%. Of the same person. I think that's a cool ass um, idea. I, I think, and I think it, it does make, frankly, it brings a lot of like, why is Hayden Christensen in the show? It can bring a lot of that to the surface too. Of like, why does Ahsoka start thinking more about Anakin? It's because she's directly being confronted with the actions of who he later became and who he in what and as that person he did to another person. Right. Yeah. Um. And like what that means and and having to kind of acknowledge that and come to terms with it in herself and uh, what that means for her being a master yeah. and her own fears about fame. even the trauma that Starkiller could have. Uh, succumb to because being Darth Vader's apprentice could be she could put that on her also because like she could think that Darth Vader was a more ruthless master than Anakin was because uh, Ahsoka walked away now that's not necessarily true uh we know that Darth Vader's just an asshole but um she could put that she could put that on her and be really interesting uh, drama to work through absolutely yeah I, I think there's just there's a lot there's a lot of character rich story if it is uh, a form of star killer um mm-hmm. and it, it's hard for me to imagine anything else that would be yeah. worthwhile and the last yeah. the last bad guy that we have to talk about is thrawn who now that we've now that we're three episodes in we're almost halfway through uh i don't think thrawn's gonna be a big part of the show i think he will show up in the end i think we will get flashbacks because we 
we see him in the trailer, which means I think he is in a show in some capacity, but I don't think it's going to be an episode, a teaser. And I'm going to do this myself, you know, and then the movie he shows up. I think he will be in the show in some capacity. Well, and I, this, since you bring it up, like, yeah. I, there's just, I, I guess in my head, there's never been a version where I thought this was a one-off. Well, like, no, no, no. Like, there's going to be a season two of Ahsoka, I assume. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. I thought, oh, hmm. I never assumed this was a single season show. I, I, I didn't, I didn't think about it honestly. Uh, so I never assumed that, like, especially, and I'm all the more convinced of that because I think, I think if this is a single season show, then the pacing is really bad. If this is not a single season show, I think the pacing's great. Let's see. Um, but like, we moved, we're the the speed that we're moving at. I think is very good. If this is meant for more than a single season um yeah i agree with that i also was under the impression that there would be a second season i know they haven't said anything since but we know that every star wars show has had multiple seasons and or has two initially was going to have five but decided everything to do except two. Book of boba fett everything except book of boba fett a mandalorian's three seasons going on its fourth um, i would i also assumed that ahsoka would be at least two seasons before we got to air of the empire i guess i just didn't think about it because like I guess because it feels like more prestige for some reason than like Mandalorian. Sure. But like, I guess, I guess it had, I guess it's not really, it's like another eight episode show. I, I figured, I figured because of when they said, and this was like before the strikes and everything, but when they said they expected Filoni's movie to come around, which is like 2026. That's what I'm looking when, when they I think said that movie's coming out. Yeah. It's, it's a while, it's a while out. Yeah. Um, well, we don't know for sure because they just said like they have three Star Wars movie dates and they didn't say which one belongs to yeah. which. Cause I'm saying like, with the strikes now, I bet everything's gonna be a push. But like, I, I, I could see if they're gonna if a movie's releasing in three years, I could see another season. Yeah, this is what I was thinking. It's like I'm like that movie's pretty far out. If the the expect expectation is the end of this show, and then you're waiting for that movie, I think that window is gonna be much closer. Especially be, because yeah, Mandalorian's yeah. happening in the same time frame. Yes, uh, and going to be affected by things. I I think that there's going to be like. This season, I think, is just about Thrawn getting here. Yes. And the next season of Mandalorian and the next season of Ahsoka would be about... Bridging that together. Knowing knowing that Thrawn is out there and how both parties are dealing yeah. with the effects of the fact that they are aware the Empire is amassing, mm -hmm. but the New Republic isn't doing anything about it. And then it. that leads into the movie. Right. Yeah. 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 That's that's kind of what I assumed. So, it, and like, it, this, this does is relevant to our conversation about just these three episodes. Again, like, I think that the pacing is moving really, really well for a show with multiple seasons. Yeah. If the goal is to get us through the entire story that happens before the big movie with Ron, the show is moving too slow. Yeah. Way too slow. Yes. I'll tell you what, like, like Loki. Loki is not a, sh I thought, because I Loki's my favorite of the Marvel TV shows. I think that show is great. Like, I didn't think that show would get a second season just because of like how prestige that feels. And that show got a second season. So I was just like operating under a different idea for some reason. But like, yeah, it's only, we have three years of that movie. Um, like I, I probably four now. Yes, realistically, yeah. yeah. For whatever reason, Lucasfilm seems more and seems more interested in doing multiple seasons of their shows than Marvel is of theirs. Um, yeah. You know, you, you do kind of have you do kind of have the feeling that like Marvel, you have to pull teeth to get a second season of your show at Marvel. But well, uh, think, for Star Wars, I they're think, like, well, we'll do a couple. Not to tangent for too long, but I do think the intention, at least when they started with the Marvel shows, was just to use the shows as opportunities to explore other corners and introduce characters whose stories would then continue over in the movies, which mm. we're now getting for the first time really with the Marvels. But um, yeah. I think that was the intention. So the intention wasn't so much to have multiple season shows. There are There is word going around that the, the next show that's gonna get a second season is the one that I think should, which is She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, 
but you know there are some of them where they are kind of set up to be like here's an origin story for someone you're going to see in a movie, in a movie at yeah. some point and and like i think that just the structure is different but it does make sense for the star wars shows to have multiple seasons mm-hmm. star mm-hmm. wars is weirdly as a universe built more for that yeah yeah i agree um i initially what i, I love the i love a star destroyer hyperspace ring just the silliness of it Oh, dude! Um, yeah, I, I like I, the hyperspace, hyperspace rings. Ring. The hyperspace rings are really fun because, like, if you want, if you're a prequelist like me, obviously, like, um, you recognize the the shape of it being like the Jedi starfighters get in a hyperspace ring, and that's how they have hyperspace. Star destroyers already have hyperspace, but this is like super duper hyperspace to get through galaxies. It's it's, it's, it's to try and get out of the gal. We haven't talked about it. Yeah, it's to try to get out of the galaxy. Which you can't do. To try to get out of the, the galaxy yeah. to another yeah. galaxy. They reference another galaxy. So they have six uh, hyperdrives, and then they have a super Star Destroyer hyperdrive at the bottom. Uh, and that is more powerful, and it can move faster than any recorded uh, uh, device before. So, yo, they're they're going far. That's think awesome. And they're like, and they even, they're like, there is a hyperspace lane that can be accessed through the galaxy because the Purgles traverse it. We just mm-hmm. don't have the capability of doing it right now. Yep. Do you think this is their fun way with playing with the the legends idea of the Usong boss without actually fully doing the Usong boss? I had the same exact thought. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, so, uh, percent. So, so if so, I really, I really don't want to get to the point where they reveal that Palpatine did all this because. So of here's threat, the here's the bullshit, here's the thing. Them. Because I read that first Thrawn, the new Thrawn book, the 2015 Thrawn book. Uh, they are they. Uh, absolutely are implementing that 100% without saying it. Thrawn has it, there is something uh, that he is and his people have been scared of forever that is slowly approaching uh, and that's where the Chiss are uh, but now he's here uh, he's like there's something coming Emperor and I just want to make sure we're pre- fully prepared for it so yes that shit is definitely happening. Totally totally different from what I'm saying right? I'm fine with Thrawn yeah. being afraid of this threat. Yeah. I don't want you to say the em- everything no. Palpatine did was like actually the reason no, yeah, yeah. why I was bad was because I was actually protecting no, no, no. the galaxy. They're not doing that. But that's they, what I don't want. No, yeah. They are going yes. Thrawn is going to use the Emperor no, that's to fine. do that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So Thrawn having that perspective is totally yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Again, we're come up against a Filoni plot line that he wanted to do. Uh, we, Clone Wars is well documented that there was going to be an, he was going to reinterpret the Uzan Vong in Clone Wars as a kind of X Files episode where it was like this alien abduction idea that uh, they, we never saw them. It was just like people were being abducted for experiments, and uh, there was we, and that was going to be a whole idea for Clone Wars that didn't, only didn't happen because they uh, because the show was canceled. Um, so it does sound like Filoni is taking once again an idea that he had a long time ago and readapting it for this era of Star Wars. And I'm I'm here for it, honestly. I'm Man, we're it. saying the words use a Vong. Do you have any idea what that means? Yeah, that's the um alien race that's the force that's like immune to the force. So the reason why yeah. like the the legends reason is like the Emperor created the Galactic Empire to build this giant army to fight the Uzon Voss because he knew that they weren't gonna be able to fight him with the force. They're oh, like um they they're like uh Serenity Reavers. <laughs> But uh, mm-hmm. they're immune to the fourth. Yeah, that's that hundred percent. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's very yeah. very cool. I love that idea. I love the people like yo. You can't do shit to us. You actually got to fight us. I love that idea. Um, I hate much like Sparks and pretty much everyone else. Uh, that extant expanded universe. One of my least favorite ideas of the Emperor was actually doing something for good. He just did about it bad means. Like no no f that shit. That dude's a bad boy. <laughs> He's a bad mm-hmm. man. Um, we talked about the Force. We mentioned it a bit in the beginning of this episode. Uh, how yeah. Sabine 
is being trained uh, to use the force. I want to talk a little bit about that because I actually, Absolutely. I'm really into this idea of uh, obviously like I love the last Jedi. The idea that anybody can be a Jedi is very much ingrained within star Wars. Um, and we've never seen it quite to this level before. Ahsoka posits that Ahsoka says what, what everyone knows in star Wars It's the star Wars lore forever. Everybody, everyone is connected to the force. Not everybody can access it. And so it's kind of like teaching. It's going to be a great reference. I hope it's kind of like teaching pan how to fly. Everyone yeah. has access to uh, the yes. ability to access your chi that way, but you, but not everybody, uh, not everybody can. Uh, and so, like, I, I feel very much the same way that, like, I'm going to say midichlorians. So, trigger warning. Um, I would say just real quick on that reference. I would say it's a lot closer to Videl because Videl's 100% human. That's what I meant. I meant Videl. I'm so sorry. I meant Videl because Pan, Pan's part saying so. She just kind of gets that shit. Yes. Yeah. I meant I 100% meant Videl. I'm sorry. I said Pan. I, meant I think Videl. I even still picked up on what you were saying. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Um. Thank you for thank you for correcting me. Um. But so I'm gonna so so the idea of Star Wars and even Filoni has tried to kind of make the midichlorian thing work. Um. The idea is that there are that the midichlorians are within all of us. The ability to be connected to the Force within all of us is just the midichlorian count is high enough. You can you can talk to the Force. You can access the Force. Um, so like I like the idea that like even though Sabine is not Force sensitive inherently, she is not born with being Force sensitive. She cannot access the Force in the same way. Theoretically, it should still be possible to teach someone how to access the Force. And I'm kind of really into that idea. I don't know how it's going to play, but right now I'm into it. That's that's the thing where I really like the idea of it, but like in execution, it could really it can go a lot of ways for me because I really don't want this to become anybody who just tries hard enough could become a Jedi, and I, I that, that's not what I'm saying is happening. But I feel like with a like if we open up a new Jedi temple with all regular people and they all start can use the Force with enough power, I'm like that does kind of lessen what a jedi is in my opinion everybody can be connected to the force but if anybody can use god powers with enough practice well but i think that the whole thing is in this episode in the last the third episode where hui yang's like she can never really be a jedi okay and ahsoka's like i don't need her to be a jedi that's true like she can't she can't get that good yeah she just can't like like the the it would take her whole life yeah probably to even get close the point like i the the way that they talk about is like she has an aptitude for the force it's just the lowest yeah. that it's ever been for anybody ever. Okay, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. so like, okay. she's not coming from zero, okay, okay, but okay. she's coming from like one person. Sure. sure. Okay, <laughs> and, okay. and like that, that barometer is, is vast. And like, obviously there are people like broom boy from the last Jedi who yeah. have much more force sensitivity and aptitude for the force. Yeah. And Sabine just doesn't have it. And so like, she'll get, she'll get to the point where she will probably be like kind of okay at being able to sense when someone's going to attack her. No, that's fine. I don't want her to be throwing stuff and doing backflips. I I don't know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's why I'm. That's what I'm worried about. Is what I'm saying. I don't I ever will, think she'll get full blown Jedi. Love I want to. I want to posit a few things to 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 Ryan's point. And I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, Ryan. I think that it was all about execution for me. Yeah. Um. One, the Jedi suck. It's yeah. clear. It's text. They suck. Um, that and they and, and that's why Ahsoka says I don't need her to be a Jedi because the Jedi failed. There was not there, um, there the and and the other thing is it shouldn't be considered godlike powers 
right? These aren't yeah. superpowers. These are these are these are uh, they're they should be monks, right? They should be. This is a way how they commune with nature. Essentially, yeah. the force to them is nature. Um, the the abilities are a are kind of a happy side effect, but they were never supposed to be superpowers. And that's kind of the that's kind of where the the, the Jedi failed is because they started treating them like they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sabine learning how to use the force in a more traditional sense is really interesting to me because she's not training to be a Jedi to use superpowers. She's training to be one with the force. See what I'm she's saying? She's trying to lift stuff with her mind. Well, everybody wants to lift stuff with their mind. Come on. No, yeah, that but that's mind. what I mean. Like, I I, I posited this, like, when we heard about Rey is going to open up a new Jedi temple after nine and stuff. I'm like, I just, I don't want them to do the traditional thing of, like, we're doing Yoda stuff and we're lifting rocks with our minds. Like, that's, if we're going to do something different, do something different. And I see the right way this can go is Sabine doesn't ever get that stuff. She gets really in tune with herself, very zen-like, and, like, she can, she's really good at sensing enemies, but that's it. And like that's that has to be good enough. And like the new Jedi doesn't have to have force powers. They are just people who defend being one with the force. Like like um the guy True. from Rogue One. Yeah. True. I don't think that guy can do force stuff, but he's in tune with the force, right? Like that's what I'm thinking should happen. I mean, that's it. That is the same. Like uh, yeah. what what that's the what means path is gonna be is, is gonna be similar to I just don't want her his, lifting stuff but up. But his force aptitude is higher. Yeah. Yeah, she can't she that's, that's all I'm saying. And the, and I think part of the point is like also with that shot is that because she does that when she's by herself. Yeah. I, I there's a very reasonable argument to be made that like Ahsoka would say like you're in this you're doing this for the wrong reasons. for the wrong reasons yeah. like you're thinking about this the wrong way yeah. it's not about being able to do that I'm, it's about being in tune yeah. with the force it's I'm, not about doing yeah. the power I'm just worried that it will go a little video gaming sure I, but like I, I I have more faith in in this creative team like Dave Filoni being the guy than if it was like seven other people doing it right because they would be like sure give everyone power also also whatever Ray's gonna do in the future like there will still be people like Broom Boy yeah. Absolutely, is going to be like full, full I, force sensitive. I just don't see. I, I, I just, I think of the scene where Luke is training with Yoda, where he's stacking rocks, you know, with things mm-hmm. like that. That's not, that's not Yoda training Luke how to use a superpower. Uh, I, I just don't think there's anything wrong with, I, using the force as a superpower is, is, is like you know how we see like oh she's throwing rocks at at Balin and she's doing all that like yeah doing like crazy backflips and whatnot. I can see how that could be an issue, and again. I'll probably wait for. I think lifting rocks with your mind—that is a—that is not—that is not but something not a regular what, person has. But that's not what Yoda was trying to teach Luke. He wasn't trying to teach Luke to lift rocks. He was trying to teach Luke how to be one with the Force, and that's how it was yes. manifesting. And so, like that, I don't—I just don't—I just don't see. I—I I, I don't see the problem of Sabine is capable of learning how to do that. That's fine. Yeah, I just I this is we don't have to go further on this. I just it'd be cool if she was a a new version of a jedi that didn't that didn't have access to that type of force if she yeah, were more like a chirut i think that'd be a cool new version of do the force i think i think chirut's a good parallel yeah. for that yeah i'm excited right. for thrawn to show up i just want i just want lars in my mouth in my face and my ears uh sparks what do you think skull and hattie uh you think that's just a superficial reference or do you think that's purposeful to wait what Balin Skull and uh, girl's first name is escaping me, but her last name is Hattie. Like the two wolves that chase the moon and the and the, the moon and the sun. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they definitely yeah, they did that on purpose. Yeah, I'm just curious how that's going to manifest. I don't think in any direct way. Yeah, I was asking how you th- whatever. That's fine. I was asking how you thought of it. What you thought of it? Where you thought it was going to go? If you think it was just a superficial thing, but if you have nothing to say about it, it's fine. I, I didn't. I didn't give it a lot of thought. If I'm being honest, I didn't. 
Uh, I don't think we have enough. Inf I see. I don't think we have enough information to know if it's going to be something that's like related to the myth of those two of the dwarves. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's just uh, if I were I uh, I think it's just them being at the precipice of change. Like they're changing the sky by uncovering the galaxy, right? With it's just it's just a cute reference, I think, to that. Oh, they did the map thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's going to be any deeper than that. I could be wrong, um, but I just. I don't think it's going to be. That's all I was That's asking. All. There's multiple Knights of the Old Republic references, and I love my man Dave for that. Thank you, Dave. I love you. You're great. You're cool. Did we know that um, Morgan was was a Knight sister when we first met her in the Jedi? No. Okay. And I was going to bring this up. I don't have a problem with it, but they also definitely didn't know that. Definitely did not know that. Episode. Definitely not. They 100% did not think she was a sister of Dathomir. I hope uh, she's wearing a lot of makeup and she is, actually is like a really gross old crone. <laughs> and they like, they like changed her look a lot. Also fun fact. Um, I haven't gone back and looked at this personally, but apparently if you go back and watch rebels on Disney plus and oh. watch the last episode, Ahsoka's cloak is distinctly more gray when she approaches Sabine at the end instead of white. Oh, hmm. You could have just told me it was set at a different point. They just did the same thing at a different time in the timeline, and I would have believed. They can't you. do that. They're literally talking about going to find Ezra. Yeah, but you could have said they tried once before and they failed, and that they're going to do it again. So then we're not going to find Ezra now, just so that that scene is still canon later. No, 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 no. The scene is earlier, and this is later. Oh well, Filoni doesn't want that because he brought Ahsoka in as her her. I'm Ahsoka the White, and he decided, wait, she's not there yet. Battle I she should have just done the it's Ahsoka could have just I don't know. That I that bugs me. I'll be honest, it bugs me a little bit that they that they, they didn't get a George Lucas. I didn't mind. George Lucas. He, he he they referenced the scene I thought very well in the live action interpretation of the episode. I think it's very good. Like the only thing that is inconsistent is Ahsoka's appearance, and I'm like, whatever. I, whatever. I honestly don't care. Like, like seeing Ahsoka as like Ahsoka the White at the end when they're going to go find Ezra at the end of Rebels. I'm like, all right, cool. But it's like, oh, hey, this is like the exact same scene. But now there's more context or not context. But there's like they're doing other stuff. It's like, OK, so the cloak's different. They didn't know what they were going to do. Now they kind of do have a have a direction. So like, all right. I really there's, I, some, I, dope, there's some dope rock music that introduces Sabine. Yes. I love Star Wars rock music. I the, love the punk space jam. That every single Star Wars show, whether like whether it's good or bad, introduces us to a new type of music. Because again, like Boba Fett had like had a uh, Thundercat, the rapper, do yeah. some weird shit. I'm like, what is this show? Yeah, that's uh, that's this felt like the most like we've ever gotten to a needle drop, but it's a needle drop still in the context of Star yeah, Wars. This is a famous rock song on Tatooine <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. You, you you basically like I the vibes I got when like we cut to it, and I think it's a really good introduction of Sabine as the mm -hmm. um uh beastie boys at the beginning of star trek 09 Bill, billion percent yeah um 100 and i was like contextually this feels the same yeah um i'm just looking at some notes i like that fulcrum is still the call sign yeah absolutely mm -hmm. appreciate that reference um so she took i really like over again after uh what's Callus. the guy's name agent Callus. because agent Callus was fulcrum after ahsoka died mm -hmm. yeah took it back um uh i really like the temple scene I even like the pace of it in the opening, even though it's a little video gamey. I like it. Um, what I didn't like is when Sabine is messing with the artifact, and we also take all the time for her to turn it uh, to get it to the I'll right tell you position. What. I was like, 
That was a little long. It, it, that first episode uh, uh, felt like a lot of Jedi Survivor, <laughs> like moving things around to. Make and I didn't mind thing. it. I didn't yeah. mind it for like the the setup of Ahsoka yeah, and yeah. the tension and and all that in the first scene when she's in the temple. Yeah. I thought I thought you know what this is fine. But when we also slow down again for Sabine to go, oh, turn the thing here, three figures, turn it here, three faces, turn there. I was like, we didn't need to watch all that. You could have just like cut to her and then yeah. cut back to it, and it was solved. Like we didn't need to watch that as long yeah, so yeah. they call it a map to thrawn but it's a map to a different to another galaxy it what what era of star wars is that thing from again it's been a couple weeks since i've seen the episode they, they, say? they say they say thousands of years so it has to be old republic old republic so yeah. it would be old republic who mapped the purgles hyperspace lanes to that other yeah. galaxy and that's yeah, why I, were, that's, that's why the connection is there okay. yeah i have to uh i i, I assumed it but it could be a, it could be just a different species. But I assume that because where they're going uh, is far, it might be the Chiss, and that may be a way to make you know to just integrate the Chiss and the Th and Thrawn and all that stuff into here. Because uh, like there are old species who haven't been in this galaxy in a long, long time. Um, because uh, they're like you know advanced and stuff. But like that that could be just like wishful thinking. It could be just literally any other species. It doesn't matter. But that's man, that is that is really cool because like we really don't leave the galaxy far, far away very often. So like it could it could. It could be completely different. Like I doubt it will be, but like it could, it could be really cool. Like completely different type of force users. Like complete, like almost like an alternate universe type of thing. But like I don't, you know, not I don't mean it's an alternate universe, but like that the way they do things is very, very different. Um, it's really exciting because like once we get there, that's also just like now free reign to like, hey, what if we do stuff in this other galaxy? This new stories forever in this new galaxy. Like it, it, it feels really exciting. Yeah. Um, or it could just be Thrawn comes to us and then like nothing happens there, and that sounds really boring. So like I'm there, hoping we do, we go there. I don't think we're gonna stay there too long, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I think it's gonna be we're gonna find Thrawn. Maybe we'll see a new alien and then we'll pop back. Um yeah. this kind of reminds me of the Star Trek also stays in one galaxy um for the its entire its entire run. And uh uh they explain that by saying there's a barrier around the galaxy uh that turns people into god it's weird um but old old uh, legends old legend stuff for star wars also said that there was a barrier yeah that they couldn't they couldn't pass through i like their barriers um yeah. source wall. and i i like the idea uh that will that uh star war that the, this idea that like everything is different the rules are different in another galaxy that's also in star trek there's a there's a species called the kelvins unrelated um to the calvin timeline uh that exists in the other in, in the other galaxy and they're like the the rules of who they are are really different than what the than what the um than what the rules are here because in star trek there's this idea that um one species populated the entire galaxy with humanoid uh dna so that's why all the aliens look the same and so like that's not the case in another galaxy so i like the idea that that could also translate to star wars where you could see like the the idea the design sensibilities the idea the the imagination can be it can go totally rampant because the 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 base code of what of what our galaxy is would be different in a different galaxy and i think that's pretty that is pretty exciting I, even if we're not going to be for too long yeah uh i don't know why but my brain goes to the universal arc and dragon ball super where like people have like they, they use the key in different ways i'm thinking of that way the love versus energy. Yes, a hundred percent. Like I know that's probably too big for what I'm asking for for this show, but like it just opens my mind. And be like, man, we are really actually going to see something that we've never seen before. Like actually, and I hope it's at least somewhat interesting. I'll posit. I'll posit a theory to you guys. Mm -hmm. 
Ahsoka and Sabine might end up in that galaxy and stuck but having yeah. to find Ezra while Thrawn gets back. Season two. That'd be so interesting. Almost like almost kind of like a Loki situation. Yeah. Which is why you, so which is why you keep Ahsoka and them off the board from being able to For report one year. to the Republic that Thrawn is back officially. Yeah. That'd be actually a really cool idea. And then like, oh, that's too good of an idea. See that then I get I get to we get to get our cake and eat it too. We get Thrawn, I get my new universe, my new galaxy. And they Shit. gotta find Ezra. And I gotta find Ezra. Yeah, because Ezra theoretically probably wouldn't be hanging out with Thrawn. Oh, oh, uh, another fun thing, a fun theory. Um, Morgan Elsbeth, I love that name. Uh, she said, Thrawn calls out to me through space and time. General Thrawn doesn't seem like a dude who can do that. So people are speculating that someone else is actually calling calling Morgan from that other universe to get to get them to come to her or vice versa. Shang Chi thing, like a, a Shang Chi thing, absolutely. Like, uh, like a darkness or like I don't know if they use a but like that's anti force, but like some ethereal force that's not Thrawn is actually the one calling Morgan. And this is actually, Thrawn is our big enemy, but like there is something bigger, maybe not the Uzevang, maybe the Uzevang, but like, I, when I heard that, did that ring to you, Brandon? Like, I, yeah, I, that clicked in my brain as soon as you said, because I, Space I and time. But, yeah, that was weird. That was weird. Because like, I, that was not something that I was like, Thrawn's not force sensitive. Yeah. How See, could calling he me through space, that? sure. Space and time, meaning like, did he, did he, is he like stuck over there at the same age? Like they haven't time progressed at all or anything? Like is Ezra still that age? Like it'll be I'm like, ooh. There is something that I th that I want to bring up real quickly, just on the on the idea that the um that the uh, uh a different sense a design sensibility could be in a different galaxy. We know that Thrawn's Star Destroyer was pretty was pretty damaged uh the last time we saw it. I want to see it. it repaired, but not in the way that it looks like a Star Destroyer. I wanted to see it look different. Um, yeah. like it, it's been kind of adapted to this new galaxy, whatever Thrawn, wh whoever Thrawn is using as his slave labor, I guess I want to say, yes. um, has made it look different and not look like an Star But yes, that is really interesting. Um, because I, I, I clicked that too when I first heard it. It's a really weird line, it's a really weirdly specific line to say. And I, I, I hope it's something that sets up maybe for the series a bigger bad than Thrawn yeah. and then and then Thrawn, Thrawn can comes still be in the movie like, guy but Ahsoka's series can be something else yeah obviously yeah. obviously Morgan's got people who are still loyal to the Empire working for her because of what we see on Corellia yep but yep. I'm still kind of surprised at episode three that we haven't seen direct communication amongst her party with the Shadow Collective well or even just like the guy from um i forget his name right now but the guy from the end of the last season of the mandalorian who's championing yeah. like Thrawn is coming back and oh pelia or whatever yeah pelia yeah, yeah like from the shadow we're Council. not even like seeing pelia be communicating honestly with his little weird i would not be shocked now that we have the map i would not be shocked that that shows up next episode for real sure i'm just surprised it didn't happen yeah at this point yeah, yeah I, um, I, I that's a good point sparks i, I didn't think about that but I, yeah. I, I i agree i think all the stuff on corelia is really good um yeah all the all the, like, the empire distrust and and the long live the empire oh yeah who moment. do you who well who do you serve as or who, who do you work for like i work for my investors general i'm all about the money i really like the scene in corelli i'm glad you brought it up um i thought that was really good uh i thought that was a really good scene when it's revealed that like not all of corellia but a lot of corellia is still loyal to the empire um the new especially because we know what I said the New Republic is shitting the bed so hard. Oh yeah, I mean, like they even say it in this episode, like we have former Imperials working for us. Like, yeah, that's a problem. 
That's a problem. They've sworn an oath of loyalty to the New Republic, and I'm like, cool. Long live the Empire doesn't sound very uh, oathful. Yeah. Uh, and so, and you have like, um, and you have like this. We know that Corellia was really shitty because we've seen Solo uh, under the Empire, and so like it's the fact that there's the fact that there are still people who are uh, loyal to the Empire working on Corellia is really interesting. There's, there's a great line of of that business guy, and he's like, "Would well, you think uh, an Empire becomes a New Republic overnight? Like people yeah. still need jobs. If this place closed down with no workforce, like y'all would be bankrupt." Like, can, I, can I like? I don't want this to be addressed in Ahsoka, but I do hope that, I guess it has to be Mandalorian. I don't know. It would have been Rangers of the New Republic, but they're not making that show anymore. Sorry, but Gina. Like, I, I really need somebody to say why they're still loyal to the Empire instead of the New Republic. I need it. I need it vocalized. I need to know what was the, what was the Empire doing for them that the New Republic they don't think will. I Probably just a bunch that, of racist stuff. Sure, sure. But I want that contextualized. Yeah. Like, how exactly was it benefiting them specifically? How were they not... What were they getting that left them from not being grunt level? Yeah. In, that, that they were fine with, like, whatever they were in the Empire, that they're not fine with being in the New Republic. I'm... I'm only worried that a, uh, unless a show is, like, the type of show like Andor, we won't... Because we know why people turn to the Empire instead of the New Republic. Like, yeah. it's pretty clear Green, what all that... power. What, what all of that stuff was. Um... But in terms of the other way around, mm -hmm. the still loyalty to the Empire, I, I think especially as you are going to bring up the First Order in the long term, that yeah. they would come back around. How do you how do you have people who are that dedicated to it? And I yeah. do think that it has to be addressed at some point because there's still something where like you can you can mine on the fact that the New Republic is failing the outer regions. You can mine on the fact that the New Republic is basically all about only the wealthy and not really anybody else on the in-between. And the Empire maybe was at least addressing that. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of things you can do. I just need someone to say it. Yeah, yeah. They don't have names. Hmm? They don't they don't have names in the New Republic. They took their names away. Sure. I mean, like, and that's that's a motivating factor too is that if you were but like yeah i just need i just need someone to express it that it's more than just what they feel like the new republic is doing like why do they like the empire why are they still pro the empire despite i'd be interested on? to see i'd be interested to see obviously there's the what i mentioned is uh i find that kind of fascinating that i want to see that go forward that they that the new republic has stripped them of their names if they if they were former imperials um but i would like to see them deal with the fact that Perhaps the reason, and this is a speculation that I just kind of uh, like, like you, Sparks, want to see contextualize is the idea that if we, if if they are still loyal to the Empire, they believe that the New Republic, they believe wholeheartedly that the New Republic will fail and that the Empire will come back, and that's why they're they're still loyal to the to the Empire because they feel like fan. their loyalty will be rewarded yeah. when it comes back. It's not an if for them; it's a when. Yeah. Um, and I, like, sure. I, I could see that, and I'd like to see that uh, yeah. plot thread be be pulled on, because you know, like, it's a, it's something we vocalized with Mandalorian too, where we're like, the outer regions isn't crazy about the New Republic, but like, they've been clear that the old Republic, the Empire, the New Republic, nobody's given a shit about them. Yeah. Um, and like, I want that mind more too, but that doesn't mean that they're loyal to the Empire. Like, yeah. they got treated by shit by everybody. So I just looked up the timeline because I I didn't know. Because I'm never good with with post like uh, Return of the Jedi like with timeline stuff. So like, we still have 20 years before the before Episode Seven. Right. Uh, I didn't realize we still have 20 years. That's a long time. I mean, so, we're like, still young. No, I know. I just like I I 
I didn't realize that much time, like, because you know, it's only been eleven years since since the end of that movie. So like, right. another, it's it's thirty four years before that next movie happens from six to seven, which is that's a lot of time. Uh, so like, all the stuff with Thrawn has to happen and then go away. So I'm like, is this gonna happen in like two years? No, we still have twenty years. So like, oh man, like I'm not worried about it, timeline stuff or like, yeah, I was a long time. Well, we know. So the Empire fell shortly after Return of the Jedi. What didn't happen at Return of the Jedi? This is the Battle of Jakku. Then, um. I, what I like about what we're doing here with like the Thrawn stuff is that it's contextualizing that the New Republic wasn't just like fine until like the First Order showed up because the yeah. First Order was always there. It was building power, and the and the and the New Republic was like, yeah, whatever. We don't give a shit about you anymore because we, we you're nothing to us. But I like the idea that this context is recontextualized that there is something that happened in between the 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 first the rise of the First Order and the end of the Empire that they had to deal with um, that hurt them. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, kind of neat. Uh, the line you brought up earlier where the guy's like, yeah, the Empire doesn't turn into a, a new Republic overnight. I was like, really? Because it did the reverse pretty quick yeah. last time. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> literally. The Empire really fast. Because yeah, we made a lot of money that way. Well, the difference was there was, a, there was a bunch of clone troopers around everywhere that just turned on a dime. Sure, <laughs> yeah. They had, they had their, but like the Empire has its grand army. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, like, you know, I don't know. If anything, they're even more CD. Yeah. I'm finding that I'm really, uh, I'm really enjoying this era of the timeline. I really like it. Um, I not to fully go back to one of Sparks' point, but like, I love this era so much, and like, I'm real, I'm so excited for the future in that movie. But like, if we can't get these other main characters involved in some capacity, then like, I just feel like it's like we're what we're, we're wasting really good potential. Uh, because we're building something really cool. Thrawn is awesome. And like, I just don't feel you can do Thrawn without your main Star Wars characters. Because like, as much as I love Din Djarin, like he's not the guy I want to follow against Thrawn. No offense. <laughs> it's 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 like it's kind of bigger characters in a way. Um, even like a, like uh, people who've at least faced him before, like Ahsoka or or Bo-Katan, like that makes sense. Come to on, me. like I want Luke and Ezra. Yeah. Can you imagine up? them taming together? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's that's like that's fanboys screaming. The two the two boys credited with uh, the two inspiring... twin fanboys inspiring uh the the galaxy to rebel yeah the yeah. two twin boys the twin sun boys there is yeah. a that's the same age too ezra and luke um yeah. there's a there's a an interesting thing that you said there ryan that you don't want to see din Djarin go up against thrawn which i agree I, I with do, you know what i mean, you know what I mean. no but I, no i agree with that it's important i want to i want to focus on that a little bit because like if you think about it there's a lot of goodwill that these characters that we're seeing in Ahsoka have because we've seen them before. We have four years prior to the show with them that we can that we know them. We're, we love them. We want to see them continue. We want to see. I want to see them go up against Thrawn. They've already done it one, but like if there's a if Din Djarin was a more engaging character and a character that I can like really root for in a way that's not just like yeah I like the show. Um, then I would because like you see this all the time like you know I, I'm going to use Star Trek real quickly again but like I don't watch Strange New Worlds hoping that Captain Kirk is going to show up because I love yeah. the characters that are in this show and I'm glad that they are being brought up and they are moving to, towards like the thing and that they are that that they're building into these characters and so like their TV shows do this all the time where you kind of like I'm watching this show, and even though it's a spinoff of something that I've already seen, I'm more invested in these characters 
characters and I don't care if, the, if such and such if the big character shows up because I like these characters. I want to see these characters succeed. I want the I want to follow these characters. I will follow these characters in the battle. I never watched Deep Space Nine in the hopes that Captain Picard would show up, right? Yeah. Um so like I so like I feel very much the same way. I, I wish that I felt very much the same way about the Mandalorian. Like I don't care if Luke and Han show up because I want to see Din Djarin go up against uh, go up against Thrawn and fight and fight Thrawn. But I don't feel that way. I feel like that's yeah. a failure of that show. I well, I don't want them to show up in the Mandalorian. I want them to show up in the movie where yeah. they fight Thrawn. Yeah. No, but that's you what know, I'm like, saying. But that's what I'm saying. That's what, I, I'm sorry I wasn't clear enough. That's what I'm saying. Like if the movie was just Ahsoka and Din Djarin going up against Thrawn, if sure. that show was more engaging, I wouldn't want Luke and Han and Leia to be there. I wouldn't. But it's yeah. not because that show is not is failing to engage me in that way. And I do and I do desire to see Luke Han and Leia. I I hear you. I think that's valid. Like you would be. I think. I think I would be content. I would still want Luke Han and Leia to be there because again, like contextually, it feels like they should be involved. Even if they're not all at the battle necessarily, but they're all involved in what leads to stopping Thrawn. Um, it feels like they should be mm -hmm. because of what the characters roles in the universe are. And it feels like you have the only reason you leave them out is this fear of like blending at this point in time. And, and I don't think that's a failure in a grand scope, like they could nail all of the characters of these original shows. And I would still feel like, okay, but you've got to involve the people from the original trilogy. Yeah. Because that's how big this is supposed to be. And they were they involved. Should be integrated. And again, when Thrawn premiered in Heir to the Empire, he's going up against Han, Luke, and Leia. So like even the origins of the character is like none of these characters that currently, none of them were involved. And I guess it's a thing of this being modern interpretation and stuff. But like, it just really does feel like, not to beat a dead horse, but like, if this movie comes out and it's it doesn't feel like the biggest it could be, I'm like, then what was what were we building to? Well, and I think I think what's so good about doing it is that if all of these characters, if you have all of these characters, all these characters we follow, characters who are carrying over from Andor, I know that's also from the original trilogy, but Mom Matma, you have all these people who you've watching all these different facets fight the Empire and they come together and they're all like, okay, but Thrawn is our... Uh, that's them trying to bring the empire back we're not going to let it happen and they shut it down and they, they think the they won and they think they won so the new i believe yeah. more that the first order sneaks up 100 because they don't expect it yes mm -hmm. um because they think they got it yeah they think they killed it yeah uh they 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 fought the thing they nipped it they in the fought bud. the thing that was the comeback of the thing they handled it it's done yeah oh wait there's a first order yeah luke can go train at a temple Leia can be a senator governor general yeah, um yeah. Back on these episodes, <laughs> the recreation of Lothal, Ben, is doesn't it look so good? It does. It looks just like it does in the anime show. It was gorgeous. I agree. I think it looks incredible. Just incredible. Like I, Gondor. Like, watching, watching Sabine jet around uh, between the tower and the city, I was like, this just looks exactly like the show. It's so good. Um, the uh it's a small detail but i really like it i really really like that um ahsoka's ship has the table that comes up from the floor and can go back in mm -hmm. i just mm -hmm. think that's cool um i really really like it i like the pattern of it and then it comes up i just really like that i like i like ship. i like doing training with wood swords Ooh, ooh! i really liked hu yang's uh light things where he's judging mm -hmm. how good her technique yeah. is by where she hits in the light circles and yeah. then uh flashes them up and you see all of the red marks and he's like eh, that could be better 
And it's it's really fun because we just watched an episode of Rebels where she was training the Darksaber with Kanan. And then we watched this episode and she's relearning how to do that. I'm like, wow, you really lost all your skills. But like, but the, but here they are using like a wooden sword yeah. and, and fake lights and everything. And like there they were using like the Darksaber and a lightsaber. And I'm like, this yeah. is pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and here it's like, no, this is much more training based. I really liked all that. I mm-hmm. thought that was really well done. Um, General Grievous over here going back to the the scene where Hera is like talking about it when the guy gives Hera shit like is this just another ploy to get resi- like resistance re- rebellion resources so you can go find Ezra Bridger um, and she's like no. and she's like what the fuck man like <laughs> why just, can't he's, he's, we he's got an agenda. Whole amount of like why can't why can't we that he, he saved, him, he saved everybody. everybody what are we doing and he's like they both died get over it yeah that guy sucks. He's he'll help. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, actually, we know he doesn't. Anything happen to him because he shows up in the show. That chase. I mean, he does. Chase. He does blow up. We know he blows <laughs> up. Yeah! Um, the purgles. The purgles look really good. The chase through them they is do. really good. Absolutely loved it. Um, I just I noticed it in the third episode specifically. Ahsoka's headpiece just moves a lot better. Uh, now like the pieces for her really sit there well and they flop around. They they feel more organic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, than mm-hmm. they have before. Um, and then uh, the only other note I really want to talk about is like we we just got it real quick. Y'all, I gotta stop stabbing people in the stomach. And every single show, they gotta, like every show makes Qui Gon look worse and worse. I, I can't, I can't believe after Obi Wan Kenobi did it to two characters that they did this. I was like. It's like you're asking for it. It's like you're asking. Do a shoulder. No, I was gonna say like, like we don't. You, she will die. I don't, get a shoulder. I don't know if all you guys remember Attack of the Clones, but like uh, yeah. Kenobi gets um, like not deeply slashed, but slashed on the arm and on the leg, and it, and it incapacitates him in the yeah. fight with Dooku. And I'm like, just do that with Sabine. Like we could just do some minor damage that takes her out of the fight, and then like that's fine. Why do we gotta go for the stomach again? Again? Obi-Wan Kenobi really killed it. Like, it, it, it's really done with that one because it happened to two characters. Ruined They snap. really, really ruined it. And I'm like, you gotta stop. This can't be the go-to anymore, guys. Yeah. I've seen I've seen a lot of discourse about this online, as there is. And I agree with some of the defenses of it, which is, you know, she got medical attention early, blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. I don't care. If it was just Sabine who got stabbed in the stomach this year, fine. I don't care as much but the fact that she's the third or fourth that's this that bugs me because like you're you're right it's the fact that obi-wan did it twice with the grand inquisitor and um reva and then we saw it again where i'm like all right come on like again we're doing like if it was if that didn't happen and we just had sabine get stabbed like, oh my god what's gonna happen oh thank goodness she's okay yeah well Mm -hmm. and like every time someone does it they're always like yeah that'll get them and I'm like, yeah. and it never does. And I'm like, well, why, is, the, head, why is this the go-to? Why does this keep being the go-to to stab in the... St- like, it makes no sense. And yes, it does, like, make Qui-Gon look bad. But, like, it's it's even beyond that. I'm like, Qui-Gon could have been, like, really slashed in another way. He could have been cut in half, right? Mm-hmm. And I would still feel this way. The repetition of this stab in the stomach and I live, I'm sick of it. Yeah. Like, find a different way to injure somebody with a lightsaber that takes them out of the fight but doesn't kill them. Find a different way. Throw, I'm, force, I'm, a, bo- I'm, throw a box I'm beyond, at her. I'm beyond done with it. I get that Darth Maul was cut in half and lived. I get that. But at least that was more interesting than getting stabbed repeatedly. Same spot. I, Feels like it's same I spot also want 
I also want to say this is just this is just a modern Star Wars problem, and I just want it on record that I'm I don't like the lightsaber designs, and I need them to fix them. I actually like. I know what you're talking about. I like Balin's and Hotties. Yes. For some reason, in the orange, it looks better this way to me. I wouldn't want it the other way. I think there's something mm -hmm. about the way that because of how he poses himself, I don't think the thin that you're talking about would look as good. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of like the blade, and I and I wouldn't even hate that they're different, right? If Sabine's was what you're talking about, which is the more classic style, um, which Rebels did. Rebels was recreating what they look like in the original trilogy, which was. But the, even Rebels was too thin. I don't want it to be like that pencil thin design sure. from Rebels. But they were trying. Just, but they could, they could do it differently because of animation. But but uh, but just getting back to what's more that instead of just what we've been getting with the sequel trilogy, I agree with you in a broad sense. I just don't want to know that I'm looking at this because I yeah. do. Yeah. I'm, what right. I'm, I'm picking. I'm holding up a. A, a pretend lightsaber this is what they use because they want the lightsaber to be a, a natural light source now which is fine but I'll like tell you what. the fact yeah. that i know that i'm looking at this because it moves like this it does there's no like motion blur on it it's just a static kind of stick that they're waving around i'm just tired of it i yeah. it doesn't bother me as much but i do agree i do agree with you Brandon. i want i want the motion blur back yeah. but but i gotta tell you like honestly because i recognize and i i know you know i agree with you on this brandon um Something about Balin's though, it feels weighty, and I sure. like it looking that way. Yeah, I'll tell you what the the problem I have, it's specifically because Ahsoka has white lightsabers. A lot of the fights that she had in the first two episodes, it's like white backgrounds with her white lightsaber, so like it doesn't look very good to be honest. Um, yeah. Sure. Uh, uh, like the volume stuff looks looks good, and the choreography choreography for the most part is good. I feel it's slow at little at times. Actually, there's this great tweet thread about um, this thing called action ramping, and yes. it's what it's what you do when your actors aren't trained professionals like Keanu Reeves, yes. and you edit it to make them look faster than they're actually going, and it feels like they're like doing a rehearsal sometimes during this, like they're moving really slow, and yeah. it's it's not bad. It's just like you there know, are things there are things you can do in post. Absolutely, like it is. It, you know, I'd rather I'd rather have the actor doing it. So if it looks a little slower, that's fine. But like I definitely could tell. But the actor would still slow. be doing it because all it is is like that's, all that's it true, is, is, is changing the frame speed or yeah. or the frames that you're seeing. It's a very old trick. Is uh, if you if you nip out like the second before and the second after the hit, mm -hmm. then the hit looks faster. Yeah. Um, and it makes that the the punch of it land. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really the the biggest issue that I've had recently. It, like Ray Ray's lightsaber, yeah. I, I've had this problem since Force Awakens, honestly. But like it was, it, it was Ahsoka's lightsabers that really got it. That really like nailed the problem for me because I just don't think they're doing anything visually interesting with the white lightsaber right now. Yeah, I think I think the again having it be white on these backgrounds doesn't give them any any help either. Yeah, Especially, I'll like, tell you what. The best that it looked was in her first episode when we see her do the the lightsaber and it's all completely black and then you just see the white sure. lightsaber appear. Oh, yeah. That yeah. looked really good. I wish that they yeah. would just do some stuff more stuff like, like that. In her introduction episode in Mando, like that's like, you know, it's like smoky, so the white like is accentuated. Like you see the white, but like mm -hmm, when it's yeah. bright daylight in white Corellia, it's like it yeah. blends in. And I'm like, eh, eh. Yeah. Been, you know. And you can find a way to like change their location even yeah. uh, even on like a bright day fight set. under a bridge like fight under Red shadows, yes, shadows yeah. or something yeah. it was very uh -huh. that's my, honestly like my biggest complaint it's not even like a huge complaint it's just like this it, live action action is not dave floney's bag 
Like, it's not as bad. Not yet. Um, all right. That'll do it? Yeah, that'll do it. That was a lovely conversation. Yeah. All right, so that was the first three episodes of Star Wars Ahsoka, or I guess it's just called Ahsoka. For Star Wars Ahsoka. Um, by Dave Filoni. Uh, we'll be back next two episodes, or probably the next time you see us, right? Yep, probably. Yeah. Probably, yeah. So four and five. Stay tuned for that for that discussion. We'll do four and five together. Um, You've already then, seen the show, but we hope you're enjoying the discussion. Thank you. Yeah. yeah at this at this point, uh, hope you're enjoying a post strike world where everyone enjoys a fair deal for all, and all mm-hmm. the shows are are getting getting done, and everyone and all the labor all the labor issues are solved, and the VFX people are unionized. Am I asking for too much? Perhaps video game people dream. too, baby. Let's all get all in. Everyone to get paid. Way fair, la- fair labor. Hot but labor. I'm willing to live. I was about mm-hmm. to say hot labor fall, but it's, te- it's still technically summer, but it's for in September now. Be winter by the time. This is yeah. Hot labor fall. Uh, all right. So that'll do it, guys. So, of course, this is being recorded during the strikes. When we re- it is being released after the strikes. But check out our website at FickerPodcast.com for all the uh, all the shows where you can find all, where you can find links to all the shows and what was impacted during the strikes. If you like to. Um, if you like to uh, uh, get caught up on on certain things, there's, of course, other Fickner's watches uh, for Star Trek. Strange New Worlds, Star Trek Lower Decks, probably coming soon um, at this point. Uh, any, is there another Victor's Watch? That we'll probably the, boo, who knows, man? It's more, that's in the future. I don't know. Uh, but we'll we'll see. I just thought I I was I just thought maybe we had we had th- talked about something that I didn't remember. Um, so you well, can of course uh, check out Marvel stuff got pushed, so we're not doing either, Loki as either, soon as we are. Either way, we're this is all coming out in release order. So yeah, uh, you know. What's what the only thing that's come out so far has been Strange New Worlds season two finished, and then we're here with Ahsoka, and then you're gonna catch Lower Decks, and there's more coming down the road. Who knows what? Well, check out our website for, for all the links for all that sort of thing. So, of course, make sure you subscribe to this, make sure you like this, make sure you're checking out our T Public or our Patreon if you'd like to support us financially. We appreciate it. You can also find us at Fickner Podcast and all the social medias. Um, hope you've enjoyed some of the content that we've been putting out during the strikes, such as our basement arcades and our Fickner book clubs. Um, basement arcade. Well, if, you know, I guess if SAG goes on strike with the video game industry, probably stop doing that too. We'll see though. Um, who knows? Until, mm-hmm. and of course, you can check out us. You can check me out at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter, where I also write for atomicgeekdom.com and kaijuramanmedia.com. You can also find Ben where. Well, you can find me playing with the Treasure Planet map at BenMaga27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. Come on, that map in the very beginning, that was totally from Treasure Planet. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, sure, okay. I See, see I was thinking of Knights of the Old Republic, where they actually have those in the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyways, you can find me at BenMaga27 Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, go to Tendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein in D&D Dark. That's not on strike. Yay! Oh, uh, on on podcast.com you can find links to all of his articles that he's written for Go Nintendo, and uh, I, I that, that as of the Old recording, school. I was just done. So there you go. Yay! Um, Sparks, uh, you can find me. Um, uh, uh, mm. uh, mm. Lost in the Unknown Regions. That's Sparks Woody on Instagram, Twitter, S P A R K Z Woody. Ryan. You can find me warning my favorite Papa Palpatine about the Yuzay Vong invasion from the unknown regions at DJ Tony Snark. All right, guys, make sure you like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next time we see us, guys, may the force be with you.
long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Civil War is over. Peace has returned to, to the galaxy. The New Republic is fledgling but strong. And a young Jedi by the name of Ahsoka Tano is trying to... No, I screwed up. up. I was going to be like, no, 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 keep going, sorry, keep going, keep going. No, no, let me start over. Also, I just realized, like, I realized I didn't put my headphones in, so I was like, wait. All right, take two, baby. Take two. Sorry, sorry. I honestly thought you were going to go a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Rebels happened. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 